0: And welcome aboard the Battleship Retention I am Tyler Smith I'm David Bax <laughs> Thank you for listening, David Yeah How you doing over there? Suspiciously eyeing Okay the, uh, the sound,
1: the audio readout here Looks good to me um, from here It's literally a readout Like uh, Yeah Like uh, <laughs> Monty Burns getting sock updates there yeah, yeah. Just uh, prints out uh, uh,
0: Ticker I li- tape I, w- I recognize um, that there's no reason I should have one of those machines But I really want one Yeah Maybe, like, uh, for the Oscars or something. It's like the original it
1: Twitter, out. really. <laughs> it's true. You turn your back for a few minutes, and suddenly <laughs> you've got, like, a day's worth of shit to catch up on.
0: Yeah. And, it's, uh, and uh, none of
1: it matters. <laughs> just like Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Woodrow Wilson, like, just sending out messages and about, <laughs> you know, uh, African Americans or something. Uh, okay. So, uh, now we've got a lot to cover today, Dave. Yeah, we have some guests. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Special some, some guests We have special guests I mean Not the most special guests right. They've no, been no. on the show before Right um, It's uh, uh, Yeah It's not like we're We're not gonna Blow your hair back Or anything with these right. guests <laughs> Yeah But it's no.
0: gonna be a good episode Gentle breeze at most <laughs> uh, Okay No they're our friends Okay, so, uh, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only eight ninety nine a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Okay, now, uh, currently available on Mubi is Tom Anderson's Los Angeles Plays Itself. This is a film that we have talked about before, um... But uh, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Mubi is doing a series uh, in which filmmakers go in-depth in, in a variety of styles, stylish styles and colorful colors, um, <laughs> uh, about a specific city. And so Tom Anderson's Los Angeles plays itself Which it's a city film
1: uh which is, the, is this one focusing on?
0: Uh, Dallas. Uh-huh. Uh, oddly enough, it's very avant-garde in many ways. Um, yeah, this is a film that I believe David you introduced me to, and I was very glad that I saw it. And it's one that I, I
1: saw it in Chicago before I'd ever yeah even been to Los Angeles. Much yeah. less
0: lived here. Yeah, for a while it was like this odd, this like academic. It was like this academic roadshow type of thing, just kind of going from place to place, like. Nope. I don't think anybody ever thought it was going to get any kind of notable release of any kind yeah. Um, but yeah it's a, it's a really marvelous film it's fascinating, it's a celebration of Los Angeles a celebration of film and then the marriage of the two it's very wry in a lot mm-hmm. of ways um and more than anything i just feel like i would like it to be updated i'd like him to do like i know it's uh, at this point
1: it's over 10 years old right oh Oh, oh, almost 15
0: years old yeah yeah oh very much so wait what year it's still it is 15 years old this year right yes i believe so yeah 2003 so yeah um it'd be interesting and of course now that i live here um i feel like it's like oh no but you've you've got so much more to talk about well of course that's because I live here and I feel more invested But, uh, but yeah, it's a, mar- it's a really marvelous film It's a lot of fun uh, It's long, but it flies by And uh, yeah, just a nice bit of film uh, academia So anyway, Los Angeles plays itself Available on movie right now And there's a special offer for listeners Of Battleship Pretension you can try movie free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Or go to com and click on the movie ad on the left-hand side.
1: And I want to tell you about dot com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today I was listening to uh, uh, the, the, I don't know if band is the right uh, Sometimes I feel like saying band makes me sound like an old man when I talk about like electronic ish or like dance ish music. But the group, Fortet, put out a live album on their mm-hmm. band camp today. Listen to the whole uh, the whole damn thing, the whole kit and caboodle, mm-hmm. uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, and it all, every inch of it sounded great on my mytweakedardio.com. Earbuds. I should also mention last week because I, I I'm often like oh I'm listening to whoever died recently. Last mm. week when we recorded, Aretha Franklin had already passed away. But I think I had been so busy all day I didn't know yeah. until like the next morning maybe or that night. Yeah. Uh, and so I felt weird like being talking like, about Randy Rampage or whatever. Hey, I don't want to diminish the <laughs> yeah. life and contributions of artist Randy Rampage. Right. But it did it probably did play weird to people being <laughs> yeah. like is he making a statement here? Like yeah. to specifically not mention. So yes, rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. Indeed. Um, and, uh, um, yeah. And then we did a whole episode on movies about Nazis and didn't mention, we talked about blues brothers and did right. not mention Aretha Franklin yeah, we at all. Really? Because we didn't, yeah. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Fortet is great, though. And okay. all, all the members of Fortet are still kicking. <laughs> um, okay. uh, and it all sounded great on my TweakedAudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at TweakAudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please, I beg of you, go to tweakdario.com and use the offer code pretension.
2: Okay, it's time to commit. Get eighty percent off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? All right. It is that time of year. hmm The leaves are changing color. There's lighting on fire <laughs> <laughs> no listen, the leaves are about to change color that doesn't actually happen that much in Southern California. uh palm trees are green all
0: year round, um and still as worthless as can be uh they don't provide shade uh they can occasionally drop a coconut and kill you. Uh, uh, I do not understand palm trees.
1: Palm trees are beautiful, I love them. I
0: guess there's the aesthetic um, quality,
1: yeah uh I was. At this point I am used to it, but it was so it was so strange to me when I moved to Southern California and realized that there are palm trees in graveyards. Because yeah. palm trees are like associated with me, to me with like tropical vacation. Yeah. It's like oh this is really good to get away from. The idea of a palm tree in a graveyard in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery is full right. of them, which at one point I lived right alongside um seemed almost like mocking to me yeah Uh, now it's now I get it it's just part of the landscape I have a palm tree in my backyard um, it's very strange Um, but now what palm trees are good for is uh, 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 looking outside my front door and telling if the Santa Ana winds are happening right now (laughs) because it's like oh that palm tree is bent at a like 33 degree angle Um, I'm pretty sure it's the Santa Ana winds uh, which is gonna wreak havoc
0: uh, anyway, love the Santa Ana winds There are times when, when you're worried about sounding like an old man But anytime you talk about the Santa Ana winds I feel like you're like 78 or something like that I don't know why uh,
1: I, don't, I guess because I like talking about the Santa Ana winds Because in Southern California we don't have that much weather to talk about Fair enough There's not that much change in weather So that's why like I love talking about June Gloom Mm-hmm. Because that's like a weather thing that's specific to here, yeah. And I love to talk about the Santa Ana winds, uh, especially the fact that the name doesn't make any sense because they come from the north and Santa Ana is south of here. Yeah.
0: Um, well, they're on their It's on its way uh, to Santa Ana. I
1: guess there's. I've I've googled it. There are a lot of different hypotheses okay. about why they're called the Santa Ana winds, but Got it. Uh, no one seems to be quite sure where it came from. Oh, that's fun. It is fun. What are we talking about? Okay, so the leaves are changing color. <laughs> you can buy. Uh, Reese's Pumpkins at Target. Oh, okay. You can get Pumpkin Spice something, probably, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Operation Finale is storming the theaters uh, <laughs> this weekend. It's fall movie time, or it's about to be. Yes. We've put all of the Infinity Wars and the Impossible Missions
0: behind us for the summer. Missions right? Impossible, by the way, is how is that's the. <laughs> all
1: of that. Uh, Yeah, of course. Uh, And it's fall movie time, so as we did last year, and as I think we will do for the foreseeable future until uh, we quit or die, um, we are having, as our guests for the fall movie preview, uh, we've got... Um, I guess I'll say him first because he's mentioned in the other intro. We've got Battleship Retention editor-at-large Scott Nye. Hello. And, in order of importance, a film data coordinator at Variety Insight and the wife of Scott Nye, Julie Sesnovich. Hello. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, great to be Uh, back. And for
0: being quiet for nine minutes. Yeah. (laughs) How much pressure does it put on you when he says, you will be our guests (laughs) until we quit or die? (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's it just pressure to outlive both of you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think awesome. yeah. I don't think you need to worry about that. I think it's absolutely going to happen.
1: Yeah. Actually, I think battleship retention with
2: Scott and Julie would be a great follow-up once Tyler okay. and I are both in the ground. It'll be in your wills. Yeah. Or bear to see. You yeah. guys signed my will. Now I need to sign yeah. yours. <laughs> Although if I benefit from your will, then I can't sign it. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that true? That's, that's a, a rule, yeah. That's why I had you guys sign it. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, spoiler you alert! You're not in it.
2: Okay. Not that you guys aren't close friends, but yeah. know, there are closer people who I would have uh, yeah. called is, upon. This is bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta get some of that sweet uh, Rayla tomorrow money.
2: <laughs> My defunct site that yeah. I barely managed to keep up every year because I can't figure out how Google works. <laughs> how the hell do I renew the site every year?
1: But no, you don't need that site. Your
2: it's true. I know your I, battleship protection. I obviously now. don't because I don't use it <laughs> ever. <laughs>
1: And sometimes Criterion cast, but mostly Battleship retention. Uh, In order of importance, Battleship
0: retention. Then Criterion. Right, right. Right? That's the thing is, like, we created our own thing. We didn't have to piggyback on something that was already successful.
1: (laughs) Unless you count Battleship (laughs) retention. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Well, first off, how are you guys? I mean, I know because we talk all the time because of how good friends we are.
2: Right. Yeah. Good. We're good. How's married life?
3: Sweet. Still good. Still All hanging right. in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to
2: say it's going great, but apparently we're just barely hanging in there. Well, you know, these Hollywood marriages, they don't yeah, last that that's long. That's true. Yeah. So There's a lot of outside months, pressure, where's the, where's you the know, the whirlwind romance after yeah. 10 years, you know, yeah. we just like <laughs> slipped right in a yeah. marriage. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. People, People say uh, give it 20. Yeah. yeah. But really, no, no, no. yeah. 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 Rushed right nothing. ahead. Pete and Ariana. Nothing. Yeah. Scott and Julie.
1: Hand in hand. Yeah. All right. Um, well, now that we're all caught up, yeah. uh, what we're going to do is the thing we... Uh, the tradition uh, we started going way, way back for yeah. all of our movie previews is to just let Entertainment Weekly do the work for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, let and, EW take uh, the wheel. Yeah, uh, yeah, and just flip through the, the Entertainment Weekly, and then inevitably, at the end of each month, Julie will have some more we didn't cover. That's what happened last, yeah. last yes. year. Yes, I um, have
3: a lot, I'll, a lot of the times, because believe it or not, like we in our database usually have between 15 and 30 new releases every single week uh-huh. so the list I made is actually not comprehensive that sounds so good yeah we don't there want to be here were, all night. <laughs> no I know but like there was a lot of uh, low budget horror movies and uh, kind of niche documentaries that sorry they didn't make the cut but it was you know I was kind of looking at the things that yeah. I was interested in and that I feel would be of general interest so if I, hope, I missed uh, your fave sorry but <laughs> I hope
1: Maria callis is on your list but if it's not it's on my list because okay. uh, yeah. that is a niche documentary that I'm interested in.
3: Yeah, I think between us will be covered.
1: Uh, but here's the speaking so, speaking of stuff that we don't that isn't listed in the when we go through the Entertainment Weekly, I've been an Entertainment Weekly subscriber for 17 years. This year was the first time I noticed that at the end of the fall movie preview, there's a calendar yeah. that includes yeah. movies that aren't just like it, it includes some of the stragglers i never read the calendar because i got <laughs> i'd get to the calendar at the end and be like well, i already read about all of all these movies right. and i just skip to the tv section where You're it was lost. Next. uh so we might be able to cover a few bases with that but we'll be going month by month except in true entertain weekly form we'll be starting with what they have deemed uh Either the most anticipated uh, movie, of The Fall, or the one that putting on the cover will sell the most issues. Sure. Uh, that is October's A Star Is Born. I was going to say, or the uh, one Lucy's Lucy associated with Time Warner, their parent company. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah.
4: <laughs> um, Corporate. Wait, are they still?
1: Aren't they? Uh, maybe, yeah. Because uh, I feel like they've stopped saying when they review Warner's releases, like <laughs> some. Well, that doesn't uh, necessarily mean. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. At this point, who cares they're not uh, I'm not going to entertain weekly for the most you know objective sure. journalism uh, I'm going for exclusive first looks at A Star is Born the directorial debut of Bradley Cooper
0: which as you know from the
1: Midnight Meat Train is a,
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 absolutely thank you that's great and of course Wet Hot American Summer uh-huh. um yeah, so, uh, as you know, David, and listeners, I am always very suspicious when an actor decides he wants to direct. Sometimes you get a Clint Eastwood, or, like, a Robert Redford, um, but usually it's it winds up being just kind of so-so. But when I saw the trailer for this, it looked pretty good, mm-hmm. and knowing the story of A Star is Born, I actually feel like there's going to be some good stuff, certainly for him as an actor, to play. Uh, and I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic about uh d- d- is she going by her Stephanie
3: Germanata. okay so then, no, right. I think she's
0: credited as Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga. Okay. Really? okay I really? think she's being credited as Stephanie I Gamer thought Yoda.
3: in the movie that well maybe not okay
0: Okay. all I know is the trailer okay but yeah and so uh I'm, I'm interested to see how she's going to do in a purely dramatic role obviously she has to sing and all that but right um but yeah I'm I'm well this isn't is, the first time that she's acted she was on that one episode of The Sopranos.
3: American Horror Story. <laughs>
0: uh, American oh, okay.
3: Horror Story. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that I'm interested in. But I, at the same time, uh, I'm not going to let myself get burned. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. go in very cautious.
1: I love the A Star Is Born framework. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think if I'm doing the math right, since the beginning of movies, this is the <laughs> longest we've gone without a Star Is Born. I know. We should have yeah. had a '90s one in between. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it went like. Was the Frederick March one was thirty something right? Thirty-seven. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh 37. Uh and then fifty-four,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and then 76? seventy-six. Six, uh, the the worst one was in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, and then we didn't get a nineties. A star is born.
3: Guess we'll ever do
0: this one. Better make up for it. Yeah, I will say Look, I totally buy Bradley Cooper as like a country star. Like just the way he looks and the way he carries himself. Yeah. Like it really. Looks. He
3: actually, I was reading an interview with him. He spent a year. Lowering his voice, yeah. he said, yeah. "I need my voice to be different to play this character." So he forced his his voice down an octave over the course of a year. So, dude wants that Oscar. <laughs> can
0: um, he get it back up?
3: <laughs> <I don't>, well, <laughs> no,
0: yeah. Lauren McCall like did Friedman, that.
3: No. <laughs> Lauren Bacall did that. She like changed her voice on purpose, and then it that was her voice. Like you know, you can do that. David, let's do that. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> yeah sure. Let's. What do you What do you think? <laughs> let's just talk like this for the rest of the show. Pretty, pretty cool. And
3: the rest of your <laughs> lives, apparently.
0: Um,
1: uh, but let's get to the important discussion here. Let's dreamcast the '90s. A star is born. <laughs> <laughs> Who should have been in well, the '90s? Okay, A is star it is born.
3: the music version or the acting version?
1: Uh, we're gonna keep. We're, we're gonna say that. Uh, keeping with the changes that 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 Babs and Chris
2: Christopherson made. Uh, We're going to keep it in music. Okay. I think it'd be like rock and roll for the 90s. Have it like an up and coming kind of like alt rock girl. So like a grunge thing? Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe. hmm.
3: Winona Ryder.
2: I was thinking the same
1: thing, but (laughs) it seems too obvious. Uh, I was thinking maybe Lori Petty. Okay. Ooh, Lori Petty. And Chris Isaac. Oh. See, I go, I'm, I'm going. But I don't know if Lori Petty can
0: sing. Chris Isaac can act and sing. Lori Petty can act. I mean, Chris Isaac can act <laughs> in so far as he's playing Chris Isaac. But um, see, I, th- I feel like I'd want to go with like like a, like Selena or or, or like oh. Jennifer Lopez. Like I think Jennifer that would be Lopez.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then, who would be the leading man there? Who's Who's a '90s Bradley Cooper? <laughs> but see, I don't even think Brad. Like I want someone who's a little more burnt out. Do you know what I mean? By the 90s? By the 90s? Yeah. you yeah. yeah. it need someone older. Well, like I an mean, 80s star who's like, wait, what Kiefer Sutherland and Jennifer he was Lopez? He kind of hot then. Yeah. Yeah. Still pretty, I yeah.
3: mean, if you swooped in and did it before Pulp Fiction, you could get John Travolta. That's true. John yeah.
1: Travolta and Jennifer Lopez. I think, you guys, I think we landed. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, I think that that's the na- Just need to build the
3: time machine. <laughs> a couple other um, things, we're good.
1: The other thing about this A Star is Born that I read in this entertainment weekly and then went back and read it again to make sure I was... Reading it right, but um, um, Sam Elliott and Bradley Cooper play brothers.
3: What? Wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, Sam Elliott is playing Bradley Cooper's older brother,
3: like full brother, not like it half say, brother. That's, I'm assuming
1: it must be a half brother, right? He's like almost 40
0: years <laughs> older.
3: Wow, I have okay. known
0: 30 siblings something. that like there's a lot of yeah. space between not that yeah. much space. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. So uh, we'll see how that works yeah, out. There's a 30-year age difference between the two of them. Oh, that's less than I thought, but that's still. still significant. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. just biologically, you have to assume different mothers, right?
3: Yeah. Unless, um, I mean, there have been miracles. Look, it's happened, yeah. but.
1: Or there have been tragedies where maybe Sam Elliott was, or the mom was like 12 when Sam right. Elliott was born. That <laughs> Yeah. Would be, uh, terrible. Um Yeah. But now I feel like this, this, I was
0: really looking forward to this movie. I feel like this could sink it because
1: <laughs> I might spend the whole movie going, wait, how? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Bradley Cooper could also be playing older uh-huh. um, based on the photo. It looks like Sam Elliott is not playing younger. So yeah, he's still the silver fox. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. That's interesting. That's, that's something. Yeah.
1: Uh, but no, I, I am ex- I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about it or we can move on, but I am, ex- I am looking forward to it. I think mm-hmm.
3: well, I'm cautiously optimistic too. I, people have been, they've been screening it for exhibitors and stuff. And the response has been like rapturous. Really? Okay. Which is almost like, it seems like too rapturous. I don't know. It's, it's like everything I'm reading about it is like, it's the greatest movie of all time. And I'm like, is it though? Let's calm down. Yeah. Like, you know, so tempered excitement.
1: Okay. So let's jump into September then. Okay. Um, and talk about speaking of tempered excitement I'm cautiously (laughs) optimistic about Peppermint
2: okay Really? I think it looks
1: bad I haven't seen a trailer or anything I just know it's Pierre Morel who uh, people like directed Taken Uh, big hit sure everyone loves it Mm. I never saw it but I know people like it Um, and Jennifer Garner returning to uh, badass roles which like it's think about Jennifer Garner in like the early 2000s and how weird it is that this now role is seen as a departure for her because this seems like she's like she took 10 years off from playing badasses and now she's just Picked right up where she left off, right? I don't
3: think that's what's weird to me. What's weird to me is the premise. The premise is that she's like a normal suburban housewife, and then like her kid and her husband get murdered. So she becomes this assassin and kills like 900 people.
1: And there's a five year gap where she goes and like yeah. trains with like, you know, Raza Ghoul or whatever. Yeah. And learns to, become <laughs> to me, this is a selling um, point, it's not, not a. Peppermint.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <I laughs> <down>. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't, who are you? <laughs> she <laughs> because she was always scared of Peppermint growing up, and now she's embraced her, feet, her, her phobia. Yeah, I'm
3: really uh, wondering how that's the title, and who's going to have to say it with a straight face.
1: Oh, she's stabbing people with sharpened candy <laughs> All of these things that, you're, that are demerits for you, or
2: hesitations okay. for you, are selling points for he me. It mainly looks really racist to me, is my main hesitation. Oh, okay, so I didn't... It's I wasn't like aware her, yeah, her family gets murdered by a cartel, and she's like... And the trailer shows are just hunting Mexicans, basically.
1: Ouch. Okay. So well, uh, that's been my
2: hesitation. All right. Um, suddenly a little bit less. David's mileage may vary. David yeah. loves these movies.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like revenge movies. Right. Um, you know, you're John Wick's and sure.
2: mostly just John Wick. Okay. You're hunting <laughs> Russians, it's okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what about Night School? I'm, I, I'm uh, looking forward to Night School because I like the work of director Malcolm D. Lee. Made Girls Trip and Undercover Brother, which I think is one of the most underrated comedies of the 21st century so far, Uh, and it's got Tiffany Haddish, who's great, and um, and Kevin Hart, who's yeah, I think is very reliable. Yeah, is he? I mean, I hate. I feel bad saying this about a person, but is he overexposed at this point? I don't think so. Kevin Hart. Like, I mean, his movies movies still
3: make money. So yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, I don't necessarily think so. but I did see a trailer for this, and given everything that it has going for it, like it really wasn't that uh, didn't really make that much of an impact on me. It didn't seem that funny to me
2: um, it does have six credited screenwriters, including Kevin Hart, okay. uh, but does also have Keith David as Kevin Hart's dad, which is oh. I mean, mm. very promising okay. okay okay well, those
0: are scenes that will at least be good yeah
2: um. Uh, Colette is a movie that Scott has seen, right? Yeah, I love it. Um, Uh, It's one of my favorites of the year. Saw it at Sundance. Uh, We're seeing it again next week, so I'll see if it's just Sundance blindness that uh, has me into it. Yeah.
1: I'm also seeing it next week, um, but I think a different screening. Yeah. Um, So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's directed by Wash Westmoreland, which is, uh, his last film was Still Alice, right? Yeah. Uh, Which he made with...
2: um, the guy who passed away. I can't remember what his name. Richard Glatzer? Rich yeah, I think so. Something Yeah. Wash was yeah. more of a late partner. Yes. yes. Um, In love and work. Yes. It should be said. Right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> good point, good point. Um, and I like Still Alice uh, quite a bit. Yeah, so. that is a huge, like, formal leap up, at the okay. very least. Uh, I think it's really well made, and really, it's really lively and funny, which is unusual oh, for a kind of period piece biopic. you got Keira Knightley
1: and Dominic West and Fiona Shaw. you got some good stuff here. All right. All right, moving on. Yeah. Um, this is, You know what? I'm, I, I can't check in with everybody after every movie, so oh, I'm totally. just going to I'm yeah. gonna say moving on. If you have more to say, yeah. feel free I'll to write in if you yeah. want. Okay, good. Uh, uh, the next Paul Feig movie is A Simple Favor, starring uh, Anna Kendrick and my problematic fave, Blake Lively. <laughs> this is a conversation and we're having off mic beforehand.
3: Overnight superstar, Henry Golding.
1: Yes, yes, who has recently made my wife's list. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
3: he's made everyone's list. Yeah, it seems like news I, to don't, me. I, I don't know it. who this. Oh, is. that's not
1: news. <laughs> uh, he's the yeah. uh, the male lead in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, him? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know much about it. Um, it's a thriller. Yeah, it's a thriller. Oh, it's, not it's Not a, a comic. comic.
3: Yeah, it's his first kind of dramatic feature. Um, it's sort of a drama thriller. It's based on a novel, and it's kind of almost. It's like I think. Uh, Blake Lively plays like this very rich housewife or something who like disappears or something and Anna Kendrick is like kind of investigating her mysterious past something like that
2: okay well it also has Andrew Um, Rannells in it which is strange for this being a thriller sure why not
1: Uh, I'm having the opposite reaction I had to your uh, dissection of Peppermint. Uh, Everything you said made me less interested in the movie. Um, I don't know. Paul Feig, I think uh, my mileage varies with him. I think The Heat and especially Spy are great. Yes. I think
2: uh, Ghostbusters was mostly soggy. Um, yeah, I mean, mostly he just doesn't seem like a strong, like, tonal director. So, like, Although well, Spy actually like spy that a, makes me think this yeah, could be okay. okay maybe, yeah. Like, I feel like bridesmaids, then heat, then
1: spy, uh, describe an upward arc <laughs> in his career, yeah, and then even, I felt like
2: Ghostbusters I was, was just kind say, of a, a big step back. Yeah, yeah.
3: But maybe he's like the greatest drama director of our time, and we just don't know because he hasn't tried been, it yet. He's been
2: drowning know? in improv for yeah. half a yeah. decade. Who knows? Oh man, an improv thriller. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like
0: killing a Chinese bookie.
2: <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, and
0: which, you know what? And I guess
1: I love it. Yeah, so, so
2: there you
1: go. Um, you heard it here uh, a simple favor <laughs> is the new killing of the Chinese book, for sure the 21st century all right uh, David Lowry's new movie this is the director of Peace Dragon and the ghost story not the guy from Cracker uh, <laughs> the old man on the gun starring Robert Redford which Robert Redford claims will be right. his final role
3: it's a lie I don't believe it um, the only person who's successfully retired is Gene Hackman
1: uh, yeah it's yeah, weird uh, until recently, Rick Moranis, but now... Yeah, yeah no,
3: is. I don't trust anyone except Gene Hackman about his retirement. I trust Redford. He's in his 80s. This seems like a great
2: go-out role, you know.
3: Then why has no one else successfully retired since Gene <laughs> Hackman? I'm just saying.
1: Um, yeah, why can't... And also, why Gene... Why, why can't someone I wouldn't care about retire? <laughs> yeah. I would love it if Gene Hackman were still in movies. Yeah. You know? Um,
2: what about Sean Connery? Is he... He's, he's retired, pretty much retired, yeah. right? he's done
3: is he yes <laughs> it's been, it's been at least he? as
2: long as it has for Gene Hackman so uh, what was his last movie I think it was Entrapment or no, no it, it really really of yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, it's it's so it's yeah. slightly shorter than uh, you have Gene to the welcome Mooseport. to Mooseport that's the thing you have to
0: look at like what's the last one it's like welcome to Mooseport League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. yeah I believe <laughs> yeah. those would lead to retirement <laughs> but if it's like a really good movie it's like that's the thing the person's gonna be like I want, I want more of this yeah Old
2: Man and the Gun does look really good yeah, you've also got Sissy Spacek, Casey Affleck, Tom Waits, yeah. And yeah. Danny Glover. And Elizabeth Moss.
1: Oh. oh Isaiah no, Whitlock Jr. Oh
2: Keith Carradine.
1: Is he gonna go shit <laughs> Isaiah Whitlock <I> mean, Jr.? I <laughs> you'd hope so. Yeah.
3: I think it, I feel like that's just a Spike Lee thing though.
1: Um well no, because he did it in the, the wire. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah.
3: And it's based on a true story, which is yes. kinda nuts.
1: And that's why I felt like I talked about this on another podcast that I was on. I feel like Spike Lee has him do it in his movies as a way of reminding people who were wire fans. <laughs>
2: right.
1: He did it in Spike Lee
0: joints first. Now, it was a 25th hour thing first. As, as far, as long as, uh, we're, before that actually,
2: it was in, uh, she's got to have it. Oh really? And by then it was already kind of a punchline. I thought it was, I, okay.
1: Uh, I, I, I never I saw think, she's got to have it, but I thought I remembered that the story you're talking about, about it being a, a real thing that his uncle said, I think.
3: Wait, no, uh, I was saying the old man and the gun oh, is a true story. No, we're yeah. talking about this. Shit. It. Okay. The
2: I'll figure it out. Okay. You guys continue. Is it okay. He Hate Me? It better not it be is He can. Hate Me. It is He Hate That's Me. That's the one I was thinking of. That's why I didn't know, because I didn't or see is she, hate, is she Hate Me. Which is after 25th Hour, <laughs> so you might be right. Okay, so it all comes back <laughs> to <that> David's right. <laughs>
0: okay. So as far as other cast members, uh, Robert Longstreet, uh, who's a, an actor that I've had an eye on for a long time, he's somebody that I think is uh, really great, and it's nice. he was in... Uh, most recently, he was in uh, "Sorry to Bother You" uh, as the like the manager of the oh yeah okay. call center, uh, and then Gene Jones is also in the film. Who was in "No Country for Old Men," and he was in that film "The Sacrament." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just very a, good actor. yeah, a very reliable character actor. So yeah, uh, everything about this looks uh, really interesting. There is a lot of boy. Robert Redford and Sissy Spacek and Keith Carradine and Tom Waits, there's a lot of weathered faces
1: <laughs> in this film. <laughs> yeah. Um also
0: in September, Mandy,
1: which Scott and I uh saw at Sundance. Yeah. Um, cool movie. Yeah yeah, I'm excited for more people to to see it. I know you and I both have our nits to pick, you may be a little bit more
2: Yeah. I I think we were bothered by the same things you were just bothered more than I was by it yeah and I Um, think but I think by now they've successfully sold both ends of it that I feel like people are going and prepared like I didn't really know what the deal was I expected more Panos Cosmatos silliness after uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow yeah but
1: I, I actually read a review that someone said like the opposite of what we feel. Someone was like, "You have to get through the first hour," yeah. I which would is see if you're coming from a certain vantage point. If you're looking for uh, the just the super long chainsaw part, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the revenge killing yeah. thing, people thing. But the first half is really where it's at for yeah. me. I'm really excited uh, for it. Yeah. Uh, oh god, I don't. All uh, right, the nun, the next movie in the
0: Controverse. Yeah. Um, Okay, it's uh, you know as far as extended universes go, this is the only one it's aside rough. from Marvel that has like done it in a w- way that people are excited about. People seem yeah. to just be kind of you know weathering the DC storm, but I don't think anybody's happy about it. But like the controversy seems to be doing storm is well. Marvel though, um. I hate you so much. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh Disney has purchased Fox now right like is that it's
3: not quite closed. they okay. keep doing this weird dance I okay. think it's gonna take a lot longer okay
0: um,
1: anyway uh, yeah the nun I will say it's got Teusa Formiga in it uh, which is usually a selling point for me I've been uh, always been a fan of her um, I don't think she's playing a character that is any relation to Fiora Formiga's character from the Controverse um, especially since this is a prequel right it takes place in the 1950s okay all right Uh, Bel Canto this sounds really interesting to me um, directed by Paul Weitz. Speaking of uh, comedy directors going for a different uh, vibe. Now, what else is Paul? I get Paul and Chris mixed up. Did Paul Weitz do gran, Grandma? That's what I thought, yeah. Or is that Chris White's? Because Chris Weitz just did uh, the aforementioned Operation finale. Yeah. yeah. Let's
2: take a look here. Um, Paul White's did write and direct Grandma. Okay, so I like that. And Admission before that. I never saw it. It's okay. It's okay. He uh, directed Little Fockers. <laughs> Never Didn't saw that it. one either. Being Flynn. Oh, American Dreams. I did see that one. I saw American Dreams. I oh, saw Being Flynn. Yeah, there are things I
0: like about American Dreams. Cirque de Freak, The Vampire's Assistant. <laughs> oh he directed that one. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so,
3: yeah, definitely and, a
0: departure.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I don't want
3: to raid on your parade too much, but that movie sat on the shelf for a long time.
1: Bel Canto? Yeah. It's, it's a was, really interesting story. Yeah,
3: it was based on a novel, which was in turn based on a real event. Yeah. It was like a hostage crisis at an embassy
1: that went on for months. Yeah, that the, it was a bunch of rich Peruvians, like upper crust Peruvians, were held at the like they went to like a benefit party dinner thing and ended up being held there for months by, uh, by, I guess terrorists.
3: Yeah, so it they <laughs> I, I guess that's who would do that. It, I like, suppose they were <laughs> terrorists, <laughs> but it's it, the profile. <laughs> you know, it has a good cast and everything, but it did just sit around completed for a while. So who knows.
1: Yeah, but that just happened with Alpha, and I liked Alpha. Fair enough. I didn't love it, but I liked it. So some, I, I'm just saying, studio executives and marketing people deciding that a movie
2: is not yeah. worth people seeing yeah. does not carry that much weight for me. It didn't sit around that long. It looks like they shot it last February, like two Februarys ago. Okay. So it's only a year and a half. Okay. Okay, that's longer than that. But that's, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, all right.
1: Smallfoot? I
3: don't
1: know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Life Itself is a uh, movie from Dan Fogelman. Who, this uh, Is
3: Us, the movie.
1: Uh, yeah, well, this is the guy who created This Is Us. Yeah,
3: he created This Is Us, and I saw the trailer for this, and he it really seems like he's it's like, okay, I hit on a winning formula. How do I keep doing it? Because it's like a very, very dramatic, intergenerational ensemble love story kind of thing, and it seems like that's just what he does now, but the cast is so good. So
1: yeah, you've got Oscar Isaac, Olivia Wilde, Antonio Banderas, and Leia Costa, who played Victoria in yeah. the movie Victoria, the uh, two-hour, 15-minute single-take yep. uh, movie. Um, and she was also
2: in another movie I saw at Sundance this year called Piercing. I don't know. Did you see Piercing? No, but I, uh, I keep looking for it on the release schedule. I think they're holding it until next spring or something. I um, really want to see it. Did it get picked up? You think so? Mm-hmm. You're sure supposed movies. to be the one who yeah, knows on, these things. Look, I
3: got a lot in my brain. I can't remember everything.
1: Um, but yeah, Piercing is good. I like Leia Costa. Life itself... Could be good. I don't know. Oh,
3: yeah, I mean, they're, you know, I, Amazon has it, and I think they have really high hopes for it, and they have like this kind of award season birth for it, but just, I don't think anyone's seen it yet. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm.
1: I have finally learned the difference between Dan Fogelman and Dan Fogler. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know what Dan Fogelman looks like, so I still okay. picture Dan <laughs> Fogler. <laughs> I know they're two different people. I
3: think I have a similar phenomenon, actually, now that yeah. you mention it. Yeah. Uh,
1: next up is Jacques Godillard's The Sisters Brothers. Pumped. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I read uh, the book. Okay. And I loved the book, and it seems like the movie is pretty different, actually, because the book is kind of, kind of this dark comedy, very kind of understated, um, kind of noirish humor, and it seems like the movie is like a little more broad, which is fine. It just seems like they kind of went in a different direction with it, and it's obviously kind of an unexpected director <laughs> choice.
1: Uh, yeah, Jacques Audiard yeah. did Un Profet. Yeah. And what else did he Rest do? Rust and Bone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like Rust and Bone. Um, except for the Katy Perry part. <laughs> Parts. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it, so I have no idea what yeah, you're referring no. to. Um, so uh, uh, Marion Cotillard's character in that movie is like a SeaWorld trainer. Right, right. SeaWorld-type place trainer. And so the big like whale show they do is set to fireworks by Katy Perry and so that song shows up two or three times in the movie and I perked up every time that song (laughs) Uh, I was like oh I'm into this movie now (laughs) that's like the one Katy Perry song I really like actually Uh, uh, Yeah, Sisters Brothers I'm definitely looking forward to it Uh, I haven't mentioned yet that well I've mentioned it on the podcast but on this episode that I'm going to Toronto this year I don't know if based on my schedule right now, I don't think I'm going to be able to fit in also sisters like the, like
2: the week after. So. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it. That's a uh, Yeah. Something like, I, I don't think I'm going to see a star is born there or sisters brothers. Um, uh, like, yeah, I was looking at the schedule and I was like, we'll talk about it later. But like, I was like, oh outlaw King looks good, but also it's about to be on Netflix. Yeah. Like, uh, anyway, so let's move on to the predator also playing at TIFF. Um, uh, and uh, directed by
2: Shane Black. Uh, and Scott's seeing it in a couple weeks. Uh, a few weeks. Yeah,
3: somewhat somewhat
2: uh, hesitantly. I don't know, really expect good things, I guess.
3: Once I learned that they cast uh, Jacob Tremblay, but not as the predator, I'm like, what's even the point?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, I'm... Uh, so many people are, are like, uh, over the moon about Shane Black making the film and I am a fan of his uh, but then I saw the trailer and I was like this doesn't I, I'm sure that a lot of these Shane blackisms are just going to be throughout and uh, unsurprisingly um, I could see this, this studio marketing not being able to like make his type of thing right. work um, so I'm sure that uh, that once you know, once I see the movie, I'll see a lot of more of the more of the stuff that I'm looking for. But the trailer makes it look extremely conventional sure. and nothing particularly special. Um, plus, there's the idea that, like, oh, okay, so there's you've got you've got your super predators that are f- killing like the predator we know. And It's like, well, we already saw that in the movie Predators, uh, and so I don't know, I like. Even just by calling it the predator, my hope—my hope was that this was going to be kind of a stripped-down thing and just kind of a return to the formula. But by yeah, that's incorporating thought. this other stuff, I feel like okay, now it just—I don't know. If if I did not know the Shane Black was involved, I wouldn't know based right. based on that trailer. Like it looks yeah. like a. More than anything, it looks like a calculation when you just look at the uh, at the trailer. But again, I uh, I have enough hope in Shane Black himself
2: that I think it'll probably be enjoyable at least. Are all these Predator movies in the same continuity? I've only seen the first one.
0: I don't know about Alien versus Predator, but I but yeah, Predator, Predator two, and Predators. It all
2: follows. I believe they're so all the far. same. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, now
1: Scott's pumped for Sisters Brothers. I'm pumped for Hold the Dark, the new Jeremy a movie. Um, which not only is directed by Jeremy Solnier who made Blue Ruin and the good but not as good as Blue Ruin Green Room extremely uh, boring Green Room <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like Green Room but Blue Ruin uh, takes so the cake every day boring.
0: Um, there's, there's a lot but, I like about Green Room but like so, uh, yeah, I didn't love it as much as most it's so many people are like it's even better than Blue Ruin and I don't they're,
1: think that Blue Ruin incorrect. anyway but this one is, not only is it Jeremy Cillenier, it's got a truly crush-worthy cast. Um, <laughs> it's got Jeffrey Wright <laughs> Like playing, they're
3: crushing it or you have a crush on uh, them? I have a crush or... on all okay, of them. Okay, yeah. Okay.
1: Jeffrey Wright hunting wolves in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, because it, the story is that a wolf has uh, taken a young boy, I guess that, I assume it killed the boy, um, and uh, Jeffrey Maybe Wright
3: Maybe it just wanted a friend. You don't know. he yeah. yeah. <laughs> be
1: raising as one of them. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright uh, is a hunter that the family hires, I guess, to go and kill the wolf that killed their son and the parents are played by Alexander Skarsgård and Riley Kyo or Kyo I don't know how you say her name I've never known it but I always like her and everything Um, this looks like it just looks like it's really up my alley
0: making Blair's in it again sure okay which is exciting
1: I guess what? I lost my crush, I guess, on Macon Blatter when he, when he directed a movie that I thought was dumb.
0: <laughs> well, yes, but he was still, like, I thought he was very effective in Green Room. Uh, yeah, His true. part was one of the parts I liked most about it. Um, and then I enjoyed him in Florida Project. I think he's a very interesting on-screen presence. No, you're right. He was good in Florida Project.
3: I want you to rank how crush-worthy all of these movies <laughs> are now. I'm, I'm very curious.
1: Okay, well, we're jumping (laughs) right into another crush-worthy movie, which is Lizzie. Um, Has anyone here seen it? I saw it. You saw it. Is it good?
2: Uh, It's solid. I think the structure is a little like they're worried. People get bored, so it jumps in and out of different time periods in the story to keep some momentum going, which I don't think they needed to do necessarily. I think it would have been more interesting if they just told it straight. Uh, But, you know, Kristen Stewart and Chloe Sevigny are really good.
1: So you got Chloe Sevigny playing Lizzie Borden and Kristen Stewart playing her lover And I feel like, I feel like Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart as old-timey lesbian murderers (laughs) is made for like a very specific Tumblr niche. (laughs) Yeah. There's a certain built-in
0: audience for this that I may or may not be part of. Um, Kim Dickens is in the film, as is Fiona Shaw. Oh, so Big fall for Fiona Shaw. Yeah. (laughs) Almost rhymed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can... You can work on that. <laughs> the
1: same you know? A sound in sure. Fall and Shaw. That's true. If I were Eminem or whatever, <laughs> I would have made it work. That's true. So
3: it's an Eminem rhyme.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of white boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, white boy Rick. Um, star, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Richie Merritt, I guess, as the...
3: Uh, the, as titular <laughs> the titular white boy. The titular white boy. The thing that cracks me up about this movie is that... I think they're maybe a little worried about it that like people will hear about it and not really know what it is. So the poster in huge letters says the entire plot. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I'm looking and at I, that right I, now. I wrote
3: it down <laughs> yeah. because it's like so funny to me. The poster says in huge letters, over Matthew McConaughey's face, which I would think is a selling point, in nineteen eighties Detroit, Ricky Wursh Jr. was a street hustler, FBI informant, and drug kingpin all before he turned eighteen. And again, these are big letters. Yeah, this
1: is like when I was in college and I had <laughs> I had the train spotting poster that had the entire yep. opening
3: there and yeah. <laughs>
1: on my wall. It looks like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but uh, it could be good. Bryce right.
2: Dern's also in it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hyper-lover. Uh,
3: Jennifer
0: Jason Lee, Eddie Marson, who I'm a big fan Apparently of.
1: Apparently oh, the
3: story yeah. was good enough that they had a competing White Boy Rick project in development, but I think this one kind of took wow. it over. So it should be a good story anyway. I don't know. All right. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Uh, Quincy is a documentary about Quincy Jones, uh, which sounds good, except it's co-directed by his daughter, which to me is a of these warning sign. How can we
2: possibly stand? <laughs> when will everybody be done with everything? <laughs> <Like, laughs> I feel like there have been fifty in the last like five weeks. Uh, but not about Quincy Jones. No, but about like somebody. So it's like we're going to out the course eventually, right? Uh, but I Wait, guess people yeah. need well, people, people need keep primers. Being born. Hang on, what point are you making? <laughs>
0: That you don't want movies made about people? <laughs> no, about, just like feel good documentaries
2: that kind of introduce okay. you to who somebody is and tell you to like them. Okay, so, so you
0: mean documentaries specifically
1: that yes. are okay, got primers got got slash
2: hagiographies, yeah, right? Okay, but, I know. Just have the name and the title.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm generally. Uh, I've talked for years on the podcast about when I see a movie about a band that I like, my. My, my sort of way of judging it is like, is this better than spending two hours listening oh, to the band? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I dare, and so those worries are increased exponentially by the fact that uh, his own daughter uh, is yeah. one of the co-directors. Um, so it could be super unflattering.
0: That'd be neat. <laughs> yeah. Be. She just hates him.
1: Um, but if Quincy Jones is not just beat, maybe uh, Hal Ashby is, because there's a movie about Hal. Hal it's called I mean, Hal. I know. It's not uh, about uh, 2001. It's like, like
0: those, those cheapy uh, movies in the early 2000s about serial killers. Uh-huh. There's like Bundy and uh, Gacy and all that. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, an odd trend. Um, but what was the one that Jeremy Renner played Dahmer? Is that right? Yeah, in the film Dahmer. Yeah,
1: and that one's supposed to be good. I hear. I heard it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, when we worked at Video Source, there were there was one of those every week. Yeah. it seemed like. Uh, all right. Um, how oh, we don't have anything to say about hell. Uh, it's directed by Amy Scott. Why do I know that name? Are you thinking of Amy Smart?
3: <laughs> no. <I'm laughs> Adam not. Scott.
1: Uh, oh, well, uh, I'm it's, not going to spend any more time on it. Okay. Um, also in September, I think we're alone now. I saw it at Sundance, was not uh, very impressed. I think I was impressed with it, uh, that it's 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 the it's directed by cinematographer Reed Morano, who also has directed a number of Handmaid's Tale episodes. I think this is her feature debut. Yeah, and given that uh, combination, people I were thought, shocked that it had no plot, but just pretty pictures. I thought <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, Meadowland was her feature debut. Oh, maybe yeah, you're right. You're yeah.
1: correct. That is her. Yeah. I never saw that one. Um, so it's, it's a feature, feature debut that I've seen. Okay. <laughs> it's her debut it's of David's making debut. movies that yeah. David has <laughs> seen. Okay. <laughs> um, so
0: looking at IMDb, there is no reason you should know the name Amy Scott.
1: Okay. how's <laughs> a documentarian whose name starts with Amy um, that I'm forgetting the name of then. Uh, yeah, I think Warlow know is definitely yeah, pretty to look at. And also... Uh, was mixed in Dolby Atmos and I saw it in Sundance at, in, at Sundance in Dolby Atmos, which only bring up to bring up one of the crazy things about the Sundance Film Festival is that there is a high school auditorium in the United States that is fully outfitted with Dolby Atmos
3: <laughs> in uh, Utah. Uh,
1: yeah. That, yeah. that, that cracks me up. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm very excited about The Land of Steady Habits. That's the yeah. new Nicole Holofsen movie. Her first oh, right. her first yeah. since Enough Said, which was Tyler's favorite film of 2013. At the time, it has and, since changed. Uh, oh, what is it now? Uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. Um, I still love Enough Said. Uh, Tyler hates it now. <laughs> yeah. um, Enough Said is a movie that gets quoted fairly. There's a quote from Enough Said that has worked its way into me and my wife's uh, general uh, uh, repertoire. Which is what? Um, oh, it's ideal. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, if you yeah, remember yeah. the scene. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. What's the, what's the, I can't remember the name of the, uh, like the plant, the or herb, the, the
0: herb. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she's like, remember. is that too much? No, oh, that's ideal. <laughs> yeah. So we say that all the time. And then the follow up when she's talking to Tony Collette, she's like, what is this? And Tony Collette is like in her Australian accent. Uh, I think it's a herb and she's like a what she's like a herb how long have you known me <laughs> I don't know what you're saying half the time which
0: <laughs> <And there's, laughs> just such a perfect Julia Louis driver's line too. oh and uh, Jen uh, when, we were, when we watched enough said uh, every once in a while something will hit Jen's ear a certain way and she will start laughing and not stop and then I'll and then she'll she'll like start to okay okay I'm good and then I'll just rewind it back to that moment <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough there we go uh, and so with enough said it was when Julia Louis Dreyfus first finds out that that uh, James Gandolfini and, and Catherine Keener are uh, uh, exes and it it smash cuts to her talking to Tony Collette over Skype and she just starts with saying. Uh, are you hearing this? I am not shitting you. <laughs> you know, it's a perfectly, it's you know, nothing yeah. particularly amazing about the line, but it's just that way that she says it and Jen
3: could not stop <laughs> laughing.
0: Um, and so it's a thing I'll say from time to time and she'll just start laughing again
3: and I, it's delightful. It's life. good to have those in your arsenal. Yes, I would say the fact stuff. that
0: there are so many memorable quotes from
1: memorable parts of Enough Said from different actors is a credit to Nicole Hall Center, oh, the writer yes. and director. The other one that I love that I won't go all the way with because I don't want to do an accent which could sound mocking but when uh Is it Tony Collette's character's like maid goes off on the family? Yeah, and she's like talking about all this like disgusting things they do, and she goes, "You're flossing your teeth and you're leaving it." (laughs) Like this gesture of like someone just like dismissively tossing uh, uh, floss on the ground. Uh, I
3: I could be wrong here, but I think is so land of steady habits. Ben Mendelsohn is the lead, and I think is this her first movie with a male lead. I haven't
2: seen uh, Lovely and Amazing or Friends with Money. Um, I don't think they have. I've no seen Lovely leads. and Amazing. Yeah. They don't. It's not. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I haven't seen Friends with Money. Yeah. But the whole premise is it's three ladies, right? Yeah. I don't know. Or four, maybe. All right. There. Is you it, go. it? Okay. I Between never three it.
3: and four. Yeah. But that's you know and kind of, of an interesting change of yeah, pace. Sure. It's also it's a Netflix movie, which apparently Netflix is amping up their theatrical releases this year for their awards movies. I think they're getting the message that. They need to make it easier for people to see it. I mean, I oh, guess so it's, it, it's not
1: just going to be uh, a week at the Westwood IPIC. I
3: no, apparently <laughs> they are kind of like getting more aggressive with that because it is kind of ironic because we say this all the time that like the fact that we don't have to set aside time to go see it almost makes it harder totally. to see for wow. us anyway yeah because we you know we plan our weekend we're like okay we're gonna go to this theater and see this and do this and have this but if it's just there all the time we never set aside time for it
0: well it's the same reason that like people in new york do not visit the statue of liberty yeah. or that i still have not gone to the getty museum because like, it's there yeah it's there and yeah. It's like, it'll be there later. always be there yeah it's fine yeah oh yeah what's okay
1: Let's go around. You said Getty Museum. What's the Los Angeles thing you've never done in the time you've lived here? And I'm going to say one that I think, Scott, you might not want to be friends with me anymore. Because I know you're a fan.
2: I've never been to the Apple Pan. I mean, it's not like (laughs) so offensive. But you're a huge fan, right? Yeah. I mean, the Apple Pan's great. You got to go. I know. I should Next go we're down by the arc light or the landmark, the
1: landmark. Yeah. yeah. Which I never am. is the problem. But now that it's the only place the movie pass works,
2: maybe be find myself in that neighborhood. some end of the year screenings happening there. Yeah. Uh, A lot of costs. Yeah. To, go to The landmark. What about you? What? what, what uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I know there's st- I know there's stuff. I just can't think of it offhand.
3: I mean, until recently, you hadn't been to Dodger Stadium. That's oh, true.
2: That's good. You I still it, haven't been,
3: it. but I don't care about sports. So no hurry. You,
2: <laughs> you, know you guys both uh, ridden the Angels flight. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, done that before. down. Oh, you haven't.
2: I have not. Gotta do Angels flight. Yeah. Also, I
0: I mostly hate sports, but I'll, I can still go to a baseball game and enjoy the the atmosphere. Yeah. So, you know, it can. It, I guess it depends on where you go as well. Like, I much prefer Angel Stadium to Dodger Stadium, but why? You know, uh, I'm not really sure. Um, I think it's just uh, laid out better as far as like uh, food and seating and shade. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of thing. So. Yeah,
1: Dodger Stadium has all the history, you know, uh, forcibly removing poor people from (laughs) their homes Uh uh, in order to build a stadium. Yeah, you don't have to worry worry about that shit with Anaheim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, Uh, MDMA is a movie about a um, uh, Stanford student, except they think they changed it to It's Not Stanford, uh, who um, put herself through school by selling ecstasy in the 80s. Uh, Do you know about this movie?
3: No, I was going to say, I think I maybe have it as something that they changed the title, but now that description uh, oh. doesn't sound familiar.
1: Uh, do you have it as either Angie X or Cardinal X? No. So you don't have MDMA on there at all? No, sorry. Weird.
3: I've uh, failed you. I can leave if agree you agree people have already agree to
1: disagree. People have already seen it. I already know people who have seen it. <laughs> okay. Um,
3: I'm not, this I not believe big, you that it exists. It's not I a, guess I just uh,
1: depend on you to know everything.
3: That's <laughs> sure. that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I have a lot still to go, so I think I'll pull my weight. Don't worry.
1: Okay. The House of the Clock and its Walls. I don't
2: know much about this. It's
3: Eli Roth for kids. Yeah.
2: And it's got Jack Black and Kate Blanchett and Colin Camp and Kyle McLaughlin. So
3: and they're, they're all They're like all wizards or something, yeah. right?
0: I'm I was uh, recently looking at, I think NPR posted uh, like the 50 scariest novels. Okay. And it had a subsection of like for younger audiences, and this novel was in there and uh, said that it uh, there's some Ray Bradbury in there as far as like tone. Hmm. And so that's. Uh, got me interested again.
2: The poster makes it look very lemony Snicket. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, some
0: goosebumps in there not yeah. Yeah. because of Jack Black. But um, yeah,
1: I've decided we need to pick up the pace because I just looked at how I'm going. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you're if you're going through withdrawals at after Quincy and how you've got
0: love, love Gilda uh, about Gilda Radner. Um, then you've got that one. I might be interested in simply because like with music, you can always. Well, how is a, uh, document, uh, right, a, a, a uh, director? Yeah. But like, Gilda Radner is to me someone who I wouldn't be surprised if there are people that that have absolutely no idea who she is or what role that she she played in like American comedy and mm. that she was able to like as as much as, you know, front of the show Lorraine Newman and then Jane Curtin like as big of a, of a role as they played on that show like Gilda Radner was like up there with like Jim uh, John Belushi as far as like the face of the show and so uh, a documentary a documentary that can help people like remember her and her impact is something that I'm excited about. But at the same time, like everything else, I'm sure it's not going to show like a dark underbelly. It's just going (laughs) to celebrate. And I can, I can be excited about that, but also be just like, yeah, it sounds like a a B or B minus and probably nothing more.
1: And you could just go watch the old uh, Saturday night lives and stuff. Um, This one sounds like a total, wank off but it could also be uh, a delight which is a movie called tea with the dames which is literally yeah. just oh, judy okay. dench maggie smith eileen Atkins, and joan plowright sitting around and talking for an hour and a half
0: like as themselves yeah, yeah it's, yeah, like it's, like a, it's documentary. a documentary that's well uh you were i forget who you were quoting but uh gene siskel used to say that like is the movie i'm watching as interesting uh-huh. as watching the act the same actors have coffee uh, and this they my guess is they were working on a movie and like this isn't that interesting you know what would be more interesting <laughs> yeah. uh because yeah that sounds fun
1: all right uh all about nina is a movie with mary elizabeth winstead yay plays a stand-up comic mm. yeah, the, the list of movies about stand-up comedy that aren't cringe inducing is what obvious child end of list is that it um I, honestly i it's a is it tur- lends, it's a
0: literally a turnoff for me? I think it lends itself more to TV than movies, honestly. Yeah. Um, What's it called
1: again? Uh, All About Nina. You've got Hellfest, which is a roller coaster horror movie. Monsters and Men is a movie that I saw at Sundance. That's um, not bad. Very, uh, very timely um, and uh, and and woke. It sort of uh, looks into the aftermath of a, a police the police shooting an unarmed man in a in a a new york neighborhood uh through three separate short stories about people who live in that neighborhood uh also has john david washington in a small role so that is
0: probably going to help them uh he's not one of the three but um david look uh, see here's the here's the poster for all about nina doesn't that look like just it captures a (laughs) the stand-up comedian's life
2: perfectly sure
3: you got uh, that blazing spotlight yeah
0: but yeah
1: Usually when you're doing stand-up comedy, Common is staring directly <laughs> at you. <laughs>
2: From the side, no less.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to October, unless uh, you want to I, wrap up yes, September. I have oh, yeah, a, I to to a signature
3: letter, uh, Julie Lightning round here. Okay, so September 5th is Bisbee 17, which was a documentary I think Great. you saw. Sunday. Yes.
1: yes, it's my second favorite documentary of the year. There I you know.
3: go. Um, September 7th is the one I thought you were maybe talking about earlier. It's a movie called All Right Now. Um, Colby Smulders plays a burnt-out rock star who goes to college. Hmm. and I've seen three different Colby Smulder's indie movies of varying quality but she's always really good in them so I think in the parlance sure. of the youth I may be a stan <laughs> um,
2: yeah, well, like, a, no, you stan her I don't think you are a stan David would know this better uh, I think it works both
1: ways oh, okay. You can, yeah. it could be a noun or a okay. verb but I've been a Colby Smulder stan for years because that mm. was a How I Met Your Mother uh, Acolyte. There you go. She was the best part.
3: Um, If you're not burnt out on documentaries about people, um, there's one called Kusama Infinity, which is about the artist Yayoi Kusama, who made the infinity rooms at the Broad Museum. So if you can't get into those, you can maybe watch this documentary. Um... There's a sequel to Unbroken, believe it or not, right. that yes. is produced by Pure Flix. It has oh. none of the same cast. It focuses on his later life, and Billy Graham's grandson Wait, plays no him. no Finn
0: Wittrock? <laughs>
3: Sorry, I know it's hard.
0: Yeah, um, here's, here's the thing about that, yeah? um, is that, to me, and not just as a Christian, but I think as a, as a film fan, one of the things that bummed me, bummed me out about uh, Angelina Jolie's Unbroken is where it stopped. Yeah, right. Because his story after like his story is not over yeah. uh he he carries a lot of the the war with him and so when i and i remember being bummed when her unbroken came out because i thought like well look she's got the rights to the book yeah this is the movie she chose to make she's probably not going to make a follow-up so we'll never get that part of it and so when when pure Flix came out with announced they were doing this i thought like oh what a shame because on one hand I want to see that part of the story told, but I want it. I mean, it his story is quite harrowing when he gets when he gets back. Yeah. Think of everything before. It's more harrowing when yeah. he gets back uh, and falls into alcoholism and abuse and that sort of thing. Uh, and I and I have no doubt that that Pureflix is just going to completely soft pedal it, yeah. and that's. I think that's probably worse than not telling the story at all. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. But anyway.
3: Yeah. Um, There's also on September 14th, uh, The Children Act, um, which is an adaptation of a book I loved by Ian McEwen. It's about a family judge in London who decides, you know, like um, custody cases and child welfare cases. There's a religious family who's denying their son a blood transfusion. And the son also does not want the blood transfusion because they're religion. And she has to decide whether to force him to get it. Um, the lead is played by Emma Thompson, and the second I heard that she was playing it, I was like, "Oh, I hadn't thought about it, but yes, that is correct. That is the correct casting choice." And her husband is Stanley Tucci. So, Ooh. and it's also, directed
2: by the guy who made notes on like, Scandal. Oh, oh, I like. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Also, really
3: if you lot. have
1: DirecTV, I think you can already watch it, right? Or is it at oh, really? It's 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 one of those yeah it's yeah it's, it's yeah it's coming out on a cable service. Weeks before, if not already, yeah, uh, before it's uh, it's theatrical release. Well, you then there correct. you go.
3: Um, there's also a documentary called American Chaos, which is Tyler oh, qu- I saw it. which I saw. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of these documentaries coming out that's like about how we live now and the election and the administration. And I'm kind of like, we're still living it. Don't you want to see how it ends before <laughs> you make? It? I'm just
0: we like, might not get a chance.
1: And well, I,
3: fair enough. And I
0: think that's actually one of the things that I like about American Chaos is okay. that it takes it takes some of the things that. He he as a documentarian has sort of for lack of a better term learned and he says like this is something we can apply okay not for the future but like right now in the midst of elections and also in the midst of actually relating to one another and it's it's a a, a much better documentary than i was expecting okay
3: fair enough um there's also where hands touch um the new movie from ama asante who did united kingdom right. and bell um it's believe it or not, about a biracial girl in World War II Germany who befriends a member of the Hitler Youth.
1: Terrific. Right. I love that. So Belle. there
3: you go. Um, there's also Assassination Nation on September 21st, which was a big deal at Sundance. I don't know if either of you saw it. I did not. Um But it's very violent and crazy, apparently. Um, September 21st is White Rabbit, which some one of you saw at Sundance?
1: I, I, would, I, uh, I came... <laughs> I came interest from seeing it, but I didn't see okay. it in Hits.
3: Fair enough. Um, also, Fahrenheit 11.9 in September, oh, um, which right. is a new Michael Moore movie.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, so that's another. Oh, that's clever. Yep. Um, Tyler gets it. Yeah. Um, in September 28th, there's a movie called Serenity, which is a thriller with Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, and Diane Lane. Why not?
1: That's a pretty um, good cast yeah. for a movie that's not. That's not, not featured, in the, not the list. Yeah, out there
3: it's because it's, it's a Viren Pictures. It's like a new distributor, so I think maybe it's kind of rolling more under the radar. Okay. Um, also, September 28th, there's a version of Little Women coming out, oh and right. it's not the Greta Gerwig one. Right. So if anyone was like, yeah, wow, <laughs> they got that into production really fast, they didn't. This is another Pure Flix joint. Um, oh. I'm not trying to throw shade, I'm just saying it's not that Greta Gerwig one. So uh, there you go.
2: Uh, and then, you also missed Blaze ethan hawk's oh, blaze right which we're all super excited for i recently saw the trailer. i think it looks amazing it's got uh la shock in it whom i know david also is quite fond of as am yeah. i
1: yes uh and i liked uh the the documentary about the pianist that uh ethan hawk made i can't remember seymour seymour something yeah. and uh maybe it was
3: just seymour
1: oh i'm mean, going oh seymour in introduction is that what
3: He's something like that yeah, yeah.
1: um and my wife and I went to a screening at the Landmark, uh, aforementioned Landmark, in which they were both there, Ethan Hawking and Seymour. We did not go to the Alpha Pan before or after. Guess we
2: should have. Yeah, come um, on. Oh, man, Blaze also has Sam Rockwell and Wyatt Russell and Steve Zahn. Wow. Well, Wyatt Russell. It's already going to be the best movie of the year.
1: Uh, all right. Um, also in September, Sierra Burgess is a Loser is the movie starring uh, Shannon at, Person. At everyone's favorite, Barb from yep. Stranger Things. I don't even watch Stranger Things, and I know all about Barb.
3: It's another um, Cyrano de Bergerac iteration.
1: Uh, okay. September 14th, Science Fair is a documentary that I have already seen. That's uh, It's definitely in the spellbound mode, not mm-hmm. the Hitchcock spellbound, but right. the spelling B one. Uh, but it's, it's very pro-science, pro-girls in STEM, uh, I would say... Uh, ideologically I'm very much on this movie's uh, <laughs> wavelength and it was a very, uh, I found it to be very emotional and rousing so I would recommend Science Fair. There's also a documentary about uh, Johnny Rotten coming out uh, in September and is that it for what I care about in September? Uh, yes. Alright, we are at an hour in, we're one quarter away <laughs> through the list. We should probably start moving. Okay. Um, October uh, we'll kick things off with Damien Chazelle's First Man. Uh, very
3: excited
1: I'm very excited I really like Damien Chazelle um, I am definitely very pro La La Land I know that somehow became a controversial or a, a, in a contrary opinion somehow because um, I think everyone just set up this like uh, oh, you like La La Land? That means you hate Moonlight? Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, that's not the case.
1: I Lost like Moonlight
3: yeah. Uh,
1: But yeah, I love La La Land. Um, and First Man, uh, Ryan Gosling, plays Neil Armstrong. We also Claire Foy and Corey Stoll and Lucas Haas, who... All right. Finally, looks his age. In this <laughs> so, like I feel like he was like he looked like he was nineteen hey. forever, and now it's like, oh yeah, that's a man okay. in his forties. All of a sudden,
3: yeah. That first man was described for a while as being like a biopic of Neil Armstrong, but apparently, it's not at all. It's like just about the moon mission. Okay. So that actually. I kind of got more excited when I heard that because, you know, given the type of director that Damon Chazelle is, I think there's a lot of opportunities for that to be kind of very immediate and kinetic, which is kind of how his past movies have been. And for it to be, I think, the first movie of his that's not kind of centered around music. Right. um, It's still centered around, you know, bodies in motion in a way. So...
0: And, yeah. like, extreme organization, like, which yeah. is, like, uh, certainly with La La Land, but also when you look at the scenes from Whiplash of mm-hmm. just everybody working together and everybody having literally a part to play, um, I think that's interesting. And, okay, let's take a look at this cast here. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. got your Ryan Gosling, Claire Foy, Jason Clark, Kyle Chandler, Pablo Schreiber, Ciaran uh, S- uh, Hines, Ethan Embry, Corey Stoll, Patrick Fugit, Shea Wiggum, Lucas Haas, Corey Michael-, Michael Smith, who I know from Gotham, Uh Ryan Darcy James from uh, Spotlight, Spotlight, Spotlight uh, and uh, and others.
3: But I think like, it's in f- Hines isn't it? it is. so it's Kieran. a hard oh, okay. scene. Uh, uh, like Killian Murphy of
2: uh, Spale. It's written by Josh Sing- Singer. Oh, oh right. there we go. Spotlight.
3: Nice.
2: Uh, next up, we've got The Hate
1: You Give, which is a novel that um, is very popular, and this is definitely a highly anticipated movie. Unfortunately for me, it's directed by George Tillman Jr., whom I've often found to be uh, a bland, lightweight, uh, uh, forced emotion type of director, uh, which is maybe what fans of the book want. I don't know. I haven't read the book.
3: Yeah. Uh, They actually did their kind of own All the Money in the World-style reshoot on this because after they wrapped, they found out that one of the stars had posted racist stuff on social media, and it's a movie about the Black Lives Matter movement, so that wasn't going to work. So they just replaced him. They just reshot his scenes with the guy who plays Archie on Riverdale. So there you go. How
1: about that? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, uh, obviously, like I was saying with Monsters of Men or Science Fair, like, idealistically, I want this movie to be good, um, but... Yeah, that George Tillman Jr. credit there, that does not uh, bode well for me. I don't know. Are you guys, everyone's holding back. No, i, I know Tyler I, saw Men of Honor. I have nothing to say about
2: George Tillman Jr. Uh, I and we, sh- we,
1: and we actually should hold our tongue because he's a fellow uh,
0: alum of Columbia College Chicago. Well, they can't, that, all, they can't all be winners. That's why there were Men of Honor posters in the film cage. Do you remember that? I do remember that, and it yeah. struck me as very strange. I probably should have made that connection. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Moving on to Paul Dano's uh, directorial debut,
2: Wildlife, which I saw at Sundance. And, and is it and good? It, yeah. Tremendous. It's one of oh, the best good. feature debuts I've seen, period, let alone uh, by an actor.
1: Uh, and you've got the Ed Oxenbold from. Uh, well, I think he was in The Visit, which I didn't see. Yeah. He's also he's the in um, the Better Watch Out. Better Watch Out, which yeah. is a um, christmas horror movie from last year that not enough people saw but everyone who saw it seemed to love it so it, it's got a good
2: high uh, q rating
1: and it's quite, quite possibly
2: carrie mulligan's best work to date and i say okay. this as a huge carrie mulligan fan
1: all right uh oh here's a movie i'm very much looking forward to and it's definitely on my to see list for toronto and that's uh mario hellers can you ever forgive me yeah um Marilyn Heller made the diary of a teenage girl, which I think made my top 10 list of 2015 or 16 whatever year that was I'm bad at that um, and this one uh, stars Melissa McCarthy and Richard D Grant and is directed by Marilyn Heller I kind of don't even need to know what it's about I, I've read what it's about <laughs> but it, with that for those who want with to that know category, it's yeah. um,
3: a true story about um, a forger she basically like was a right an out of work writer who started forging uh, famous people's signatures for money. Um, and yeah, Melissa McCarthy wants that Oscar. You know, <laughs> she's got a weird haircut. She's uh, going for it.
1: Yeah, uh, in the in the picture here, she's ordering another drink, which I yeah. find very relatable. <laughs> um, uh, next one, next movie. Unfortunately, I have seen, which is uh, Rupert Everett's directorial debut, The Happy Prince. Um, Saw that Sundance too. Oh, you did. Rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's there are parts where it's just like. Rupert being Rupert, I guess, and I'm kind of like (laughs) digging how much he's digging into the words or whatever, but mostly it feels like uh, and I talked about it actually just this week on the Movie Journal, so listeners who listen to that know, but it feels like it's both aggrandizing of Oscar Wilde and very
2: much self-aggrandizing of Rupert Everett. Um, It feels like what I think of often as like an entourage movie where like you can see them making it on entourage kind of thing oh right like <laughs> yeah. it's a pure vanity project
1: yeah yeah that's what it is but yeah. you got Tom Wilkinson as a priest so there's something good out of it um <laughs> uh David Gordon Green's Halloween uh not on my to see list at Tiff. Yeah, Very uh, on the fence about this. I'm not on the fence. I'm not planning on seeing it. Like ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe someday. I okay. don't know. I, I think, I mean, this is the thing that I feel about any franchise. The deeper you get into it, it's the law of diminishing returns. That yeah. I know it doesn't always hold true, but I think I go in with that. So, and I don't even go in because I'm probably not going to go in. <laughs> uh, the further a movie is into the franchise, the less likely I am to To see it or to even think of it as a real movie, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I would say that maybe the difference with this is that I think they've waited a little longer since the last one, and they seem to be spending legitimate money on this Mm. and kind of putting a real effort. Now,
1: by the last one, do you mean the last one in this chronology, or (laughs) oh God, I don't know, or the Rob Rob because Rob Zombie made made two Halloween movies. But then this one isn't even in the same chronology. This one is a sequel to Halloween 2. Yeah, I think they're yeah, doing right? like a Superman Returns thing of like. I <laughs> yeah. cannot
3: reach that degree of specificity. Um, which
1: means Halloween's 4 through 6, <laughs> right? Was 6 the last one? No, and then there was H2O. Right. So, which also starts Jamie Lee Curtis, but what's this the is a different
0: timeline what's than the H2O. Was it Busta Rhymes? Uh, it's like Resurrection or something like that? Oh, I that. forgot
1: about Halloween Resurrection, so there's <laughs> yeah. 8...
0: Yeah, um, And that was after H2O. Uh, yeah, so H2O 7, Resurrections 8, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I will say that the conversation you and I just had uh, does not bode well for any <laughs> Halloween movie that's coming out now. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so... I guess I do find it in a. There's a sci-fi part of my brain that's like thinking about all these different like timelines. Okay. Um, that I that I find kind of interesting. Now the next thing that should happen should be a movie in which there's a Michael Myers from another timeline who travels through dimensions sure. and kills yeah. people from from all three <laughs> uh, Halloween
2: timelines. Yeah, I mean it is intriguing that uh, John Carpenter is doing the music. And not just like a reuse of the score. He's doing like original compositions and co-written by Dana McBride and David Gordon Green. That's uh, and co-starring Judy Greer for that matter. Yeah, that's I, love yeah, that. I wonder how they'll waste Judy Greer's talents this time. <laughs> that was my first thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that I could say that David Gordon Green meant something.
2: Uh, he still does as a director. He still, I mean, like his last few movies, what do we got? We got, uh, our brand is crisis. Our brand is crisis. I was didn't not like good, that. Uh, but *Manglehorn*, solid, mm. uh, d- d- Joe, Joe. Very good. Prince Avalanche. Yeah. Eight. Prince Avalanche. Yeah.
1: Also made my top 10 list of whatever year that was. Oh,
2: stronger. Pretty solid. Yeah. Stronger's good. I never
1: saw stronger. It's a movie.
0: Yeah. I forgot that was him too. Yeah. So did I until I was looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, All right. But I think when he's working on studio stuff, I feel like a lot of him kind of goes away. But given the script, I don't know, maybe there's going to be a lot of him in there. So Um, Mm. speaking of movies, I'm not
1: particularly interested in uh, Venom is directed by Ruben Fleischer, a director who tends to direct things that catch my eye. And then I find that he lacks the, the what's the, what's the, uh, the confidence of his convictions or what's the uh, saying? Uh, anyway, (laughs) Um, I mean, I'll uh, have to see because it has Michelle Williams, and I'll see anything okay. with Michelle yeah. Williams. But uh, I just feel like Roman Fleischer tends to not follow follow through and his movies start as dark comedies that end up being kind of toothless. I think Zombie Land yeah. and Thirty Minutes or Less. Uh, both felt uh, way too slight and easy for me for how heavy they could, how how heavy and funny and dark they could have been.
0: And this, I think, probably could, again, could yes, uh, steer more into that. But uh, this is where like the comic book fan in me uh, comes out, and I don't like to talk to him very much. But uh, the idea that Venom is being introduced first as an antihero, like, is something that's like. Well, in in the comics, like, the character earned that after being a legitimate, horrifying villain for a long time. Mm. And Venom is very much defined by his relationship to Spider-Man, and so by not having that, this is just, like, trying to skip—it seems like it's trying to skip any of the actual, like— emotional character weight and just jump to the cool visuals, which is, uh, I, you know, it could still be an interesting movie, but I'm actually not nearly as interested
2: in it as a lot of people are. Jenny Slate's in it too. Oh, yeah. all right. Now I'm seeing it. It's um, all your faves. The kindergarten teacher. Did you see this at Sundance? No, but I saw the original and it's extremely good. And it, so I'm really excited to see the remake and see if they capture any of that. The original is an Israeli film. Yeah.
1: Uh, And this is Maggie Gyllenhaal. So, uh, yeah, it sounds good. Uh, Next up, we've got a movie, the posters for which will adorn many freshman dorm room walls. (laughs) Bad times at the El Royale. All of my cynicism is going off. This movie looks terrible to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's Drew Goddard, and it seems like he's cashing in on some success uh, and kind of pulling out the script he wanted to probably make in the 90s when he was, like, first getting into movies or whatever. Yeah. But
1: what, like, what success where, is he cashing in on? Uh Cabin in the Woods.
2: That was yeah, not yeah, a successful not. <laughs> movie though. Darede- well, uh, Daredevil. Uh, but he even okay. like ditched that pretty early. There's something he just did, I swear to god. Okay. Oh, people- he wrote The Martian. Oh, oh okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah. There you no, go. Uh, and
3: people I like that. People liked Cabin in the Woods though, right?
2: I didn't. But yeah, I didn't most really people like
3: didn't.
0: it. <laughs> oh. Tyler did, right? Uh yeah, I like it quite a bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, this cast, though, it's, it's hard it's to... It's a good cast. Yeah. Yeah, it's a motley crew, but it, Jeff Bridges, John Hamm, Russell Crowe, Chris Hemsworth, Dakota Johnson, Cynthia Erivo.
0: Nick that, Offerman as well.
3: Oh, okay.
1: But don't you feel like it's, like, the costumes and production designer top build... <laughs> <laughs> in the way they're selling the movie, at least. I, I don't know. know I the mean... premise is that, uh, for those who don't know, uh, which is probably uh, a handful of people, I guess, um, <laughs> it takes place sometime in the 1960s. I don't remember the exact I year. 70s? Uh, 60s? I thought it was the 60s. I always 60s. read 60s. Oh, um,
3: okay.
1: I'm sure it says in the entertainment oh, weekly. Wikipedia here. says 60s. Uh, yeah, okay. 60s, according to Entertainment Weekly. Um, it takes place in a hotel that straddles the California-Nevada border, so one... One side of the hotel is uh, in California. One is in Nevada. um, And obviously different laws apply in different places. Uh, I guess that sounds like a fun setting for a TV show. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So when uh, the TV
3: adaptation comes around, you might watch that.
0: Yeah. So much of it looks like that movie Identity to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, I feel like it could be a lot of fun or it could be just kind of whatever. Who cares?
1: Yeah. All right. Um,
2: Beautiful Boy starring Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. My uh, Steve Carell hatred is uh, on <laughs> fire with every time I see this trailer. Um, but uh, it is directed by the guy who did the Broken Circle breakdown, which I really liked. I really liked that, too. I can't wait to never watch it again. I know.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, that is a really good movie. So oh I'll probably God. still see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But. Sorry, you I, mentioned Broken Circle Breakdown, so I just kind of had to like sit for a second. No, I hear you. literally one of the saddest movies I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life, uh, but full of beautiful music. And, yeah, I uh,
2: listen to soundtrack all the time. Yeah.
3: I, I know you hate Steve Carell. <laughs> I don't. I think he's a good actor. You liked him in Cafe Society, so I don't want to hear it.
2: He's good when the sillier and more ridiculous he has to be better he is and here he looks so earnest But he's
3: not silly in that movie.
2: He's pretty He's silly.
3: pathetic. That helps. But that's different. That's he's pathet- not like Michael okay, Scott. the so more
2: pathetic and silly he has to be.
3: Okay, well I don't know that he's not that here. Just when he, there's that part in that trailer where they like, "My son's not right there." And I don't know where he is. <laughs>
2: What? It's like <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect impression <laughs> yeah, well to sounds like in, well to me in the beautiful boy trailer. I
0: um, will say more of tyranny's in it and I'm a big fan yeah, of oh, hers. Too. Uh as is uh, Amy Ryan. So All right. And Timothée Chalamet. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Uh all right. Um I'm sure Tyler's very excited about another uh, yet another actor's directorial debut. That seems to be I know there's always a lot of it. this seems to be a lot this season though. Mm, yeah. Uh Cuba Gooding Jr. making his directorial Whoa, debut. It'll be called Oh, I like the name of this movie. Bayou Caviar. <laughs> I like the name. I feel like that's an, that's an evocative name.
3: And just right? because is I've it like seen data this eggs? What is because it? I've seen this written out and it might not be clear from how I you said say, it. Yeah. B-A-Y-O-U. Oh, not, not like an <laughs> <laughs> offer to purchase someone yeah, caviar. I, I
2: assume it's like done on purpose that there's supposed to be kind of a double on okay. top well, And there's a, there's a, you know, question mark in there Buy a caviar. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: and then we've got a documentary about Buster Keaton called The Great Buster. Nice. Uh, coming out on October 5th, uh, this is a Netflix movie, but I did see it at Sundance and I loved it. Uh, Tamara Jenkins' Private Life, um, which is a movie in which Paul Giamatti and Catherine Hahn play a couple trying to conceive, uh, and they enlist the help of their non-biological niece as a surrogate I guess um, and uh, it's it's very very good. I'm worried that because the main
2: complaint against it at Sundance. Did you see it Scott? No. It didn't play at the time. I okay. arrived the day after you and didn't play the entire right. time I was there.
1: Um, the biggest complaint against it was that it was too long because it is quite It's like 2 hours and 20 minutes I think um, but I feel like emotionally you need to go through the entire journey with them. And I think it's length actually helps it. I, I worry that it'll end up getting cut down from the, the festival length. Um, but I don't know if it's on Netflix, it doesn't have to worry about squeezing in extra show times or whatever, you know? Yeah. So maybe they, maybe they don't the care, but, uh, time on
2: the Wikipedia right now is 123 minutes. So are you sure it was two and a half hours at Sundance? I think I said two twenty. Uh,
1: okay. maybe it was only I, two. I think two oh, hours sounds about right? Um, Anyway, uh then what were people even complaining
2: about? It? It's only 123 minutes, right?
3: Sometimes people say that's long for like a comedy-ish yeah, movie.
2: I people when it gets to runtimes these days, this TV revolution has had people very uh <laughs> very impatient. But they binge-watch TV shows yeah, 6 hours like, at a time. They'll up into segments so they can like take a break or whatever. They have to pee. Well, this is on Netflix. You can watch minutes. half hour at a time, you're fine. <laughs> hey, that's what I said. But um I mean, Alright, uh, I'm mad at everybody now <laughs> Uh documentary about Studio 54 Find um, out how much we all love Studio 54 <laughs> <laughs> Is it really
1: going to be any better than just spending two hours at Studio <laughs> yeah, 54?
2: That's the question you have to ask going into the movie
1: uh, October 12th, a movie called Apostle um, Not a remake of the Robert Duvall uh, movie um, It's it, a reboot uh, <laughs> Uh, it's
3: been long enough. It's a gritty reboot. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, Dan Stevens attempts to save his kidnapped sister from a religious cult. Uh, In the early 1900s. In yes, the early 1900s, it's 1900s it's led five. by Michael Sheen. Yeah. Nice. That sounds very cool. Actually. And it's directed by
3: Gareth Evans, who did oh. The Raid. okay. All right. This has
1: moved way out my <laughs> information board <laughs> <important> now. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's on Netflix, um, so... Oh, guess what? Another direct of debut from an actor. Ike Barinholtz uh, is directing his first movie called The Oath. Um, oh, yeah. It sounds intriguing. It, it okay. does sound intriguing. It's playing LA Film Fest this year. Am I, uh, I might try to get to, get I to that. I think Ike
3: Barinholtz is really underrated. He's been, you know, he was on the Mindy Project for a long time. He's popped up in movies. He was great in Blockers. He's, yeah. like, really funny. He shows yeah. up and is very funny. He's actually but written anyway. a lot of movies. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's written a lot of movies. He's written, I think, for TV. Um... Yeah, it's kind of a bonkers premise. It's something like, in a not-too-distant future, like, everyone in America has to take some kind of loyalty oath or something, and yeah. it's about, yeah. like, surviving Thanksgiving <coughs> during that time. Something like huh. that. And it has Tiffany Haddish, too. Tiffany
0: so Haddish, John Cho, Billy Magnuson, yeah. and Carrie yeah. Brownstein. Yeah. yeah. Great cast. Nora, Great Nora Dunn Brownstein. is in it as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a All good right. cast. I saw the trailer, and it did look, uh, I believe you used the word bonkers. I, I yeah. understand that. And, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued.
3: But I—he's someone whose comedic instincts I think I trust. Yeah, basically.
0: Okay. Uh, Galveston. Uh, ben Foster
1: plays a hitman. Uh, the guilty. Uh, wait, wait. You
3: breezed over Galveston. That is also directed <laughs> by Melanie Laurent, who. Oh, Casey. Okay, um, yeah. She, yeah, she directed um, a couple movies now. One of them was Breathe, which we Destroyed. saw at AFI Fest. It's really good. Um, it also has Elle Fanning in it. the oh. This movie, so.
1: Yeah. All just right. It out um, of there. The Guilty, what do you have on this? Danish filmmaker? Yes. The
3: Guilty is a. There's probably a better word for this, but a single-location movie. Um, It's about a nine-one-one operator. There we go. But a movie. Um, But it's about a nine-one-one operator who gets a call that seems kind of normal at first, but then it gets more involved. It played a few festivals and apparently is really good. So.
1: Um, And then I'm I'm assuming your information is more up to date than this two-week-old Entertainment Weekly because Entertainment Weekly has Serenity now coming out October 19th. Uh, I'm assuming um, yours is more recent.
3: I hope so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one, I think, for Entertainment Weekly, oh no, that's not entirely true, but almost the last one, What They Had, uh, starring Hilary Swank. Uh, and
3: Blythe Danner and Michael Shannon? Uh, yep.
1: Oh, I like Blythe Danner, um, but it's an Alzheimer's movie, which looks very upsetting Yeah. Uh, to me. Serenity was pushed back to October 19th. Oh, so, so Entertainment Weekly okay. uh, has it right. Um And then let me... I'll run through some more then then Julie can do her uh, lightning round. Uh, Unless there isn't anything else on my... Personal list. I'm obviously talking just to stall. Oh, 22 July is the new Paul Greengrass movie. Yep. That is tentatively on my TIFF to see list.
3: That's so. another Netflix movie. Um, it centers on a true terrorist incident in Norway in 2011. And there was actually a Norwegian film about this that came out this same year. Um, it played Berlin, so it's one of those weird things where everyone decided to make a movie about it at the same time, but... Wait, which
1: thing was this? This is about...
3: So in 2011 in Norway, there was a terrorist incident at I want to say a summer camp. Oh,
1: I remember this. Yeah. I read... I remember when it happened. I mm-hmm. was at Comic-Con. That's why it's always... And it was like the day before, a day after Amy Winehouse died. I remember that being a okay. very weird, mm-hmm. co- weird Comic-Con reading about all this stuff while standing in line for, you know, fucking Avengers panels right. or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, and also I read a, um, a very in-depth... Uh, GQ article, uh, sort of with interviews with survivors, that was uh, very harrowing. So Yeah,
3: it seems very Paul Greengrass
2: y. Yeah. props to him. It looks like he used a Norwegian cast. That's, yeah, okay. looking at
0: that, it's, and so it might
1: be. Which actually kind of be... makes
3: it all the more weird that there was just another yeah, Norwegian right. <laughs> movie the yeah. same year about it, but.
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's like any actors that played two different roles <laughs> yeah. in the two. Um, I don't know. And then uh, also, you've got uh, An Evening with Beverly Lynn, which. I saw it, uh, it's all right. All right, I did not see it. Um for good reason i'm sure because uh was well, the guy who made um, the greasy strangler, the greasy strangler I which, see, I, so. which i hated and you've also got maria by callus which is a documentary about greek opera singer maria callus which is who is someone that i became a fan of because she was mentioned in a mountain goats lyric <laughs> there's this line about maria Callis records on the stereo all the time and i was like i wonder who that is and that was like 12 years ago and uh now i like maria so i'm excited about this uh uh, this movie. All right, All right. Julie lightning round.
3: Okay. So, um, October 12th, there's a movie called bigger. It's a biopic of brothers who arguably created the modern fitness industry. And it has a bunch of teen stars trying to prove their adults now. Um, I'm surprised Entertainment weekly didn't have mid nineties, which is the directorial debut of Jonah Hill.
1: Maybe you got pushed back and you're, uh, <laughs> Oh my God. Don't even, <laughs> again. Oh
3: man. But, um, it's the first of three Lucas Hedges movies this fall, which yeah. I'm very okay. And with. And
1: also, uh, it was, I think just announced yesterday. It today that um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Atticus Ross did the score from mid-90s which um I was already interested, but I would say that moved it up yeah. the list yeah. for me. Yeah,
3: and it has Catherine Waterston oh. in it. Um, so, I don't know. Could be good. I, you never know. Um, also, October 19th, there's a movie called Cannibal, which is a documentary about a real-life cannibal who's still alive in Japan, if you never want to sleep again. Um, I was just in Japan. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, we just went to Japan already. We've done our visit. Okay. We're safe.
3: Okay. Oh, thank God. What, he can't get on a plane? I'm just saying. Um, October twenty sixth. Um, there's a movie called Viper Club, um, in which Susan Sarandon oh, tries to free her son from a terrorist group. Um, there's a Johnny English sequel, believe it or not.
1: I skipped over that. Okay, I didn't, I didn't just not the Johnny English sequel.
3: You're doing a big disservice to the Johnny English fans. But um, there's also a new Frederick Wiseman, October twenty sixth, called Monrovia, Indiana. Um yeah, it's that's
1: not. It's not on my tiff to see list because I'd like to see more than one movie.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm a
2: tiff.
3: Fair enough. Um, there's also Burning, the new Lee Chang Dong movie, oh, which played festivals. I have this
2: as November, though.
3: Really? Yeah, I mean, honestly... You? You're out of whack. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, I think it's a thing where, like, this time of year, things move around a yeah. lot. They move in one direction, they move back, yeah. and it's, like, can be hard to tell. Um, another thing that actually just moved and this was recent so I think it's right is Suspiria is now late October
2: oh okay yeah. So He's doing a sneak in for the New York and yeah uh, we're getting see. back to burning people were crazy about okay. a can yeah uh, it sounds very intense it's a two and a half hour intense Korean movie I love those things can't wait yeah it sounds good should we move on to November? That was it. We
1: yes, we did great for yeah. October. Yeah, right, well, going. I think it's uh, a thing
3: where like more things have been announced for more for recently, yeah. so then the further you go.
1: All right, so let's start with uh, November um, with a movie. I think I'm cautiously optimistic for no good reason, which is "Widows." I'm not a Steve McQueen fan.
3: Why would you have to be cautiously? Because not I'm Steve not a Steve McQueen, McQueen okay. fan. he's yeah. not on board.
1: <laughs> but like the story sounds cool, and the fact that it's not like a it's not like a dark comedy. It's basically widows of professional thieves. Decide to carry out their yeah. husband's last job, which sounds like a comedy like a dark comedy but apparently it's not
3: it's very not it was um adapted from a 1983 miniseries and the screenplays by uh gillian flynn Gillian flynn um it has like the greatest cast in the world i don't know how that cannot be jazzing you up yeah
0: it's pretty great
3: yeah we want to got viola davis we got liam neeson we got i don't Michelle even remember Rodriguez, them all Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, keep robert going. duvall yeah. Garrett delahunt let's all go around the table Gerald Kevin Colin J-,
1: yep. J. o'connor I also think uh, we talked on the Movie Journal about how by the end of the year, everyone's going to know Joe Alwyn's name because he has yep. a couple of things mm-hmm. coming out. The other uh, person like that is Cynthia Erivo, who yep. was in Bad Times at the El Royale and also in this. So I think yeah. that's going to be I mean, be people know her of. from
3: Broadway, but she's uh, busting doesn't, out. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't count.
1: Like, but, none of us knew who Brian Darcy James or whatever right, you know, what it was yeah. until Spotlight. And I refuse to believe otherwise. Okay. <laughs> right.
3: But I, I think also with Widow's... I think I'm interested because it does sound like a thriller to kind of see Steve McQueen's take on a crime movie, because it's, you know, it's just I think he would have a kind of an interesting you style.
2: Mean like he, he'll probably drain all the life out of it.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: it'll be really boring, no. probably. But they'll go to such visually interesting locations.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm a Steve McQueen fan. I'm on board. Yeah, I like that he followed up a Best Picture winner with uh, what sounds like a dar- down and dirty thriller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet.
1: Um, no. I wasn't a big <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Record Ralph. It was terrible. It was uh, so bad. Okay. I I d I didn't like it. Um
3: I liked it. <laughs> there are things
1: I liked about I liked it. I liked it. But I do like um this the image that everyone has shared of all the Disney princesses having a like a slumber party and Gavin and just being gals, I think that's a lot of fun, yeah. I would like to see that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Look at them. They're in, like, comfy versions of
2: their <laughs> costumes. You're a little too into this, David.
1: Oh, it looks like <laughs> a delight. <laughs> You've
2: crossed the line. It looks like a delight. Um, I want to braid their hair. <laughs>
1: I
3: Quit on. while you're ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... And then uh, I believe this is a Netflix movie, Outlaw King, right? We yes. talked about uh, this is uh, David Mackenzie's follow-up to Hell or High Water, uh, and I like I like David Mackenzie a lot. Yeah. Going back to um, the what's the, uh, Ewan McGregor one from the early two thousands, young young Adam, Adam? young Adam. Hmm. I think that was our right first stumbled upon David McKenzie and then he also made uh, the prison movie that uh, Hard uh, Startup Startup which is fucking great and then he made that weird um, uh, uh, music festival romance did you ever see that? Uh, it has two different names one of them is Tonight in Your Mind I think that might be the That might be the American That's name? That's the one I know. Or it, 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 I think it was released under a different name in the UK. Um, and it's because he makes, like, if you look, watch Young Adam or Start Up, like, he makes these really hard, like, gritty movies. And then he made this, like, fun, like, 24-hour couple romp. It was also known as You Instead. You instead. Oh, okay. Because I remember. So romantic. Because. uh, To night your mind. (laughs) Either Luke or Harry Treadaway, whichever Treadaway is Uh, in it. Luke, Luke. Luke, I think his character is in a band that's playing the festival. I think You Instead is supposed to. It's like their hit song, Mm. if I remember correctly. Um, Anyway. uh, And of course, Hello High Water, which I liked.
3: Yeah, but Outlaw King looks interesting. It's about Robert the Bruce. Yeah. Um, It has Chris Pine and Florence pew how do sure. you sure but um and probably so, not pug probably not but yeah i mean I, I think his aesthetic in that time period could be interesting
1: yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it i'm also yeah. looking very much looking forward i know tyler's looking forward to the other side of the wind
3: yeah oh because
1: yes. who isn't i but also let <laughs> you, you know what I will not believe that it exists oh, yeah.
0: until yeah. the final credits
1: are rolling. <laughs> yep. um, but also, this is a movie shot decades ago that I, by my rules, get to consider a 2018 movie. Sure. Right?
2: Yeah. I think we can. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I'm saying, I'm telling you that <laughs> yeah. I'm considering it a 2018 no, movie.
2: Like, there are some that, like, people will count because they didn't get a U.S. release or... But this didn't get anything. That's what I'm saying. Char- what I'm saying. Charlie Chaplin won the
0: Oscar for Best Score for Limelight in, like, the early 70s yeah. because yeah. it didn't get a release until... Uh, at least here,
3: no one has said out loud the major selling point of this movie, which is that it's an Orson Welles <laughs> uh, movie. I guess I assume Sorry. the
0: Battleship pretension listeners.
1: I'm just know. saying,
3: just covering the bases. John Huston. Yeah.
0: Good lord, can you imagine?
1: Yeah.
3: Directed by Orson Welles, I should yeah. say, and it was like uh, unfinished was the problem. Yeah, yeah. something uh, like that.
0: I mean, it's. I think it's hard to explain. I was reading a book about about it, and it's hard to know. W- when it was ever finished, that was mm-hmm. kind of the thing with him in general. But this one especially was very strange and and intangible in a lot of ways. And um, so I think they eventually shot everything that they wanted, and Wells had an idea of how he wanted it edited. And as he tended to do, left pretty solid. Like I don't know if he was left instructions for someone or if he just like had very in- uh, intensive notes. Uh, and so they they edited based on that. And that's one of the reasons that it stayed unfinished for so long is because people felt like uh, we have these notes, but you, we don't know if this is a hundred percent how he would want it, and that sort of thing. It's presumptuous of us to try to do this, and so.
2: You but I got well, Peter Bogdanovich involved. I don't know if you know. <laughs> They were friends.
0: <laughs>
4: Wait, why? <laughs> He's what? also in the
2: film. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's not just because of that. It's also because I believe Orsonville's daughter is uh, very touchy with uh, the Wells estate. Sure. Very uh, touch and go with whether or not she'll let anybody do anything with it. Um, and I should say on the same day, Hotshot
1: documentarian Morgan Neville uh, is releasing a documentary about the making mm-hmm. of The Other Side of yeah. the Wind called They'll Love Me When I'm Dead.
3: And both of those come on Netflix the same day.
1: Yeah, I think I said same That's day. That's kind of I good. didn't say Netflix, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I should have said.
3: So uh, you can do your own double feature. But are they
2: doing a theatrical release?
3: For which?
2: For the other side of the world. Um,
3: I, bl- I think so, okay, yeah.
2: good. And I know they made a 35 million dollar print, so I really hope that plays in L.A. Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe the, hopefully the new Bev will be, <laughs> it will be up and running
1: by then? It won't be up and running by then. When's it supposed to? December. Hope? December, well, mm. they can show it late. Yeah, sure yeah. they still will. Um, yeah. All right, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms.
2: Uh, kind of Intrigued.
3: I yeah, saw the I trailer.
2: Suitably batty. Here's oh, the thing it's I lost a Hellstrom. And that.
3: Yeah. and Joe Johnston. Because okay. Joe Johnston did so many reshoots that they broke DJ protocol and are crediting them both.
0: Hmm. Okay.
3: Um, the thing I can't get past is that in the trailer, Kira Knightley is doing a really weird yeah. baby voice.
0: <laughs> yeah weird it's it looks like a,
2: a delightfully off kilter film
3: yeah i mean it has like helen mirin too yeah. and like i think misty copeland the yeah. is in it and apparently co-written by tom mccarthy
2: <laughs>
1: yeah
3: what sure why <laughs> not it's
1: a name that shows up <laughs> i know the in all kinds places. of stuff. yeah
0: um, what did he there was just he something so wrote something recently that uh i was uh it was well, like
1: a Robb- disney movie right? Yeah. Rob- yeah. Chris right. it was
0: him and alex ross
3: perry yeah yeah,
0: yeah um
1: but the uh, so the entertainment weekly here thing um uh credited to uh writer Maureen Lee Lanker uh is about the production design of the Nutcracker and the Four Realms and apparently for the like town square where everything's made of candy they actually made everything out of candy wow that's, that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
3: with so Disney budgets anything's possible
1: yeah um except you still got that house from Albatross <laughs> around the neck there um Second act, starring Jennifer Lopez and Milo Ventimiglia. Milo Ventimiglia? Yeah. No relation to actor John Ventimiglia, who played Bucco on The <laughs>
3: Sopranos. <laughs>
1: I mean, you know that Mark and I were rewatching The Sopranos, and we saw the name, and we were like, I wonder if they're related. And I think if you go to John Ventimiglia's Wikipedia page, like in the first paragraph, <laughs> it says, he is not related to Milo Ventimiglia.
3: He probably like added <laughs> that himself, right? It's yeah.
0: like Smith over there. That's the <laughs> thing.
1: You know. Yeah. yeah uh what do you have on second act I don't know I like I like Um, these two
3: yeah it's basically I think it's a thing where you know she works at like a big box store and then she gets some younger person who tells her she can like lie on her Facebook and that like leads her to have a corporate job and she has to adjust to corporate life even though she has no experience in that regard she's bringing her street smarts to the boardroom do you get it
1: yeah it should be uh <laughs> do expect fireworks yeah Um alright next up now this one is on my tentatively on my tiff to see list but because I like La La Land I don't know if I'm actually allowed to see Barry Jenkins new movie <laughs> uh, which is called If Beale Street Could Talk
3: you'll have to check this, the uh, legislation on that yeah. I don't know
1: yeah it might be different in Canada yeah um but, uh, yeah, this one looks good, too. I don't know. Yeah,
3: it's, it's based on a James Baldwin novel from the 70s. The plot sounds kind of thrillery, but I don't think it is. It's basically um, a woman has to, like, her fiancé is uh, wrongly accused of a crime, and she has to race against time to prove him innocent. Um, but it doesn't really seem like a thriller so again this is a thing where i'm interesting interested to see barry jenkins take on what sounds like a thrillery yeah. premise
0: it's a meditative race against time
3: yeah sure
0: yeah i'm definitely excited about
1: that um yeah. okay so we have we, you mentioned suspiria in october right. it's listed as november here this is luca guadagnino's follow-up to uh cmbyn uh <laughs> starting to go to johnson that's a call on the street uh, yeah uh starting Dakota Johnson and Friends.
3: And Tilda Swinton.
1: Uh yeah. But what wasn't the there was a some tweet that went around film Twitter oh, uh, yeah.
2: where someone just... Dis- I guess uh, Oh yeah, it was it was a, a new trailer came out in some It was the film stage was like Oh <laughs> let's check out the new trailer, a poster with Dakota Johnson and Friends. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, That should be a band name or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, Tilda Swinton. Um
1: so yeah, that should be good. That's I've never seen the original Suspiria actually. Oh yeah. It's um, so good. Yeah, it's very
2: I like Mario Argento, so I will probably like it. But uh, uh, yeah, but I, I people are like kind of pissed at this in advance for like diverting from Argento's whole thing. But it's like the sphere is so perfect as it is. You. The only way to do it would be to do something completely. Yeah, why do they want the same movie again? Yeah, and this looks like two and a half hours of complete insanity. See, you can't make people happy. No, yeah, because if you if Gus Van Sant
1: makes Psycho, <laughs> no one's happy. Shot right. for shot, got, God yeah. forbid you change
2: Suspiria. Although I've heard it's like an hour longer, it which is, yeah, which yeah, it's very long. But like, that's almost the way to do it too, because it's like then you're not you're clearly not following any kind of template, yeah, and you're going off in your old but. Echoes oh, the of the Departed, thing. which I don't like, which is an hour oh, longer than I adore Infernal the Departed, Affairs. So that's okay with me.
1: Uh, I would, I'll take Infernal Affairs any day. Um, all right. Uh, Peter Farrelly, Sam's brother, uh, is making a drama called Green Book, starring Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. It sounds pretty good.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting premise because um, I actually heard a podcast episode about the concept of the Green Book. It was a real thing in the 30s through the 60s. Um, so there was a guy named Victor Hugo Green, which, until I wrote it out, I didn't realize the first two parts of his name were Victor Hugo. Um, yeah. But he, you know, when African-American families started to get cars and go on road trips, there were so many places in the South that were segregated that they would be like, oh, we'll just stop at this hotel or this restaurant, only to find they couldn't go there. So this was a book of places that they were allowed to go, so they would get a copy of it and then know in advance, you know, where they could go. So this is, using that as a backdrop, um, it's Vigo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. Vigo Mortensen plays a chauffeur for Mahershala Ali, who's a pianist, I believe, um, and in unlikely friendship forms, I assume. And uh,
2: Linda Carlini's also in it, who's oh, also in a simple favor. Seems to be having a good year. Hmm. Good for her. Okay, um, okay. Next up
1: is Jason Reitman's second film of 2018, The Front Runner, starring Hugh Jackman as Gary Hart, also starring Vera Farmiga and, of course, J.K. Simmons. Um, I don't know. I like uh, I like Jason Reitman more often than I don't. Uh, as do I. And in fact, the only one I don't like, I think, is is Juno. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. did you miss Men, Women, and Children? Uh, no, oh, yeah. I defend Men, Women, and Children. Wow. Yeah. Very. Right. I think everyone went into it with the wrong frame of mind and— everyone just pre decided the movie is about the opposite of what's it about what it's about because men women were children everyone was like oh it's the internet is scary movie but no the whole point of the movie is that all of this shit is the way people have been all the time and the internet is just making it change its superficial form yeah that's it was, what i took but from. it was still bad no it was good <laughs> it was good um,
3: anyway. It wasn't as good I'm as Labor
1: Day, obviously. Sure. Uh, okay, let's say Men, Women, and Children is my, oh, wait, thirdly, so I don't like Thank You for Smoking either. I forgot. I always forget really, about that one. you don't one.
2: like it? No. I can see you just think it's <laughs> meh. I think it's pretty solid. I don't
1: um, like it. I don't know. It's, that still feels like, young, like Juno. It feels like a young filmmaker trying a little too hard. It's a little too pleased with itself, a little too clever. Uh, uh, I don't feel like he came into his own, really, until, I guess, young adult. Is no up in the air? Uh, up oh, yeah, air. I forgot that one was up first. In
2: is, like, yeah. Up in the air is I like up in the air perfect. Yeah, really my favorite of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, see, young it's adult old, is easily my favorite. It's only imperfect because it has the worst ending i worst ever my entire life. Yeah. Oh, right.
1: Um, but I should have rate up in the air higher because so much of it was shot in my hometown of St. Louis. All right. Uh, yeah. um, uh, there's a running joke when my wife and I would fly to St. Louis which you don't do as much anymore the the opening shot I think of up in the air is him shopping in a Brooks Brothers and it cuts to a wide okay. shot and you realize oh it's a Brooks Brothers in an airport that's in the St. Louis airport and every time we'd, my, we'd fly home I'd point out like oh that's the Brooks Brothers from up in the air and it <laughs> became like a running joke that I would always point it out every time um, that sounds like fun. But, yeah, I, but uh, The Front end I think, will be good. Uh, and I love Young Adult. Anyway, sorry.
3: Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you know Hugh Jackman is in it. And I, I think it's been a while since he did kind of a straightforward, dramatic role. I could be wrong. Um, but it's it's also coming out the day after midterms, by the way. If you're wondering why it comes out on a Wednesday, that's on purpose. Um, movies are coming out on Wednesdays all <laughs> fucking fall long. It's, it driving, all, me crazy. Yeah. it's oh, driving me but crazy. It's driving me crazy. But in this, this specific week? case, they have stated yeah. it is for that reason. Um, um, but it's about, some people say that he's he's playing this guy who's running for I don't know what office, but people say, I think he was one of the first politicians to really be completely unraveled by a sex scandal. Yeah. And this was in the 80s. Um, so yeah, I think it could be good. I mean, I think he's a good dramatic actor and... Seems like an interesting story. so yeah.
0: I think he was running for president in the primaries. Okay. And uh, was very, it was no. very, 88, it was very popular. And then this happened. And, yeah. and then Dukakis took the yeah. primary.
1: Um, all right. Uh, n- not very excited about Brian Singer's Bohemian Rhapsody, despite being a Rami Moloch fan. Um, I'm well,
3: it's not really his movie yeah, anymore yeah. either, because he was kicked off the production, or he went away. It he stopped, stopped oh, showing okay. up,
2: and then was kicked off the production. Yeah,
3: but then he was and replaced then by Johnson came in and no, um, by Dexter <laughs> Fletcher. Oh, all right. um, But yeah, it's the guy okay, from The Osprey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: wait, what? He's the uh, P- he's the Peter Laurie looking guy. He's. Uh, <laughs> Kind of, right? I can't uh, picture he him. He's in Two Smoking Barrels. He's, uh, he's uh, been an actor for a long time, and he's uh, directed a couple things here and there.
3: But yeah, I mean... This, he directed Eddie the Eagle.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Eddie but
3: the this movie has been in development for a long time, and at one point, Sasha Baron Cohen was going to star in it, but he left it because he wanted to do kind of a more adult, you know, version of Pretty Mercury's life that kind of got into more adult subjects and they weren't having that. So they replaced him with Rami Malek. Um, and then, you know, they lost the director. So it's been in development for a long time. Um, but it's finally. I mean, it sounds up. like
2: a recipe for success. Oh yeah, Just for sure. Disparate. Mike Myers is in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's
3: like their manager or yeah, something. An
2: executive. Oh,
1: all right. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, very upset about the girl in the spider's web. Why? Uh, because I feel like, um, I know that Rooney Morrow wanted to keep playing Lisbeth Um, um and, the, and it's also weird to go to the first book that Stieg Larsson didn't write.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's also weird. Cause everything's weird about Didn't it. The, the first one not do that well? I don't think it, it didn't. It seems like they're really just trying to keep making this happen. And, like, Claire Foy, I don't watch The Crown, but she was really good and unsane. Yeah. And I think she can clearly do this kind of role. But I'm also concerned that, you know, when people get associated with a certain type of, you know upright role sometimes i think they can be too desperate to shed that image so i think this could maybe read that way i mean i don't know i think she might just be like so extreme because like she's not the queen anymore and it's like that could be tiresome i don't know
1: it also has a stanfield which is good Mm -hmm. but it's directed by fede alvarez who made the i think somewhat overpraised don't breathe Mm. Uh, i'd say it's slightly overpraised but not much it it's definitely it's, has its strengths. Yeah. But I feel like people talked about it like it was the second coming of whatever.
0: Yeah, people say that about any mo- any <laughs> horror movie that's even mildly uh, different than okay. what other yeah. people are doing. But, um, yeah, I saw the trailer for this, and it does seem like they— Okay, this is a weird dot to connect. Okay, so there's really no reason why Jeff Goldblum's character— <laughs> Ian Malcolm should be the hero of the second Jurassic park. He's a fucking mathematician. <laughs> like he deals with numbers and shit. And they're like, well, clearly he's the one that we should send into the field, you know, because he was not merely a mathematician, but a mathematician that was gravely injured. in the in the first film, like it makes no sense at all. And along those lines, like, to take Elizabeth Salander, and it's not quite that night and day, but to take her and then turn her into this a very specific type of like almost superhero level avenging angel, uh, like something like the Equalizer or something like that, or like this, Peppermint, or like Peppermint's, you know, film we're all looking forward <laughs> right. to. Um, it just seemed, it just seemed like it took this very, uh, this very i i loved uh rooney mara's performance and yeah. to take this very layered nuanced character and just to kind of reduce her and of course maybe there's more to the film than i'm thinking but like to reduce her to just this and to take her from three dimensions to i think two uh is uh upsetting yeah
1: all right next up is 2018's second movie about gay conversion therapy <laughs> uh boy erased uh which is also sec- the second lucas hedges, second movie.
3: hedges for those keeping uh, um mid 90s right yes uh
1: but it's directed by i like joel edgerton as an actor but um i hated with multiple a's hated <laughs> the gift there are things
0: um, i liked about the gift but mostly from a mostly from an acting standpoint
1: yeah so um I'm definitely not super (laughs) jazzed about boy erased. I mean it looks a cast though. It's a good cast it looks like. Kidman, Russell Crowe, Joel
3: Edgerton. But also like Lucas Hedges, I mean he hasn't been around that long, but I feel like so far I have never regretted watching a Lucas Hedges movie, I don't think. Yeah. Like he's billboards
0: outside Evan Missouri.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean Yeah, that makes look that makes it harder. But he was good in it, you know? Yeah.
0: And honestly, like, if you're him and you say, like, oh, I get the opportunity to act alongside yeah. John Hawks and Francis McDormand, oh, like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, signed the contract and they sent him the script and he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot.
1: So yeah. do you, uh, I don't know if you have anything on this one, I haven't heard anything about it. It's called Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So
3: it's like a little indie, right? I guess so. Yeah. It's got
1: a weird, weird maybe it's a translation, it's a weird
2: title. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's foreign. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it yeah. a sequel to Beasts of the Southern Wild? Because yeah. I saw that movie. Yeah. <laughs> the Beasts yeah. were pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. This is the new
1: Johnny Depp vehicle.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they got a real problem on their hands with that. Because yep. it's honestly, like, the Johnny Depp stuff, it's not just that, you know, the allegations of domestic abuse, which I'm not trying to minimize, but it's also the realization that, like, he just kind of sucks as a person. Like he, that
0: Rolling Stone (laughs) story, you know, and like that he's
3: fed his lines through an earpiece. And it's, it's a thing where like, you know, people will put up to this to the degree that the person delivers like quality performances. But if that's not happening either, it's like, what are we doing?
0: And, you know, and I, maybe that's the arguable thing is that he's, I don't think he's the actor he was. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought he was actually pretty good in <laughs> *Murder on the Orient Express*. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, I think it's fair to say that like the quirkiness with which he approached his roles seems to have just seeped into his DNA, yeah. and he doesn't have much left for the performances themselves. But he himself is still weird. Like that Rolling Stone article. Almost gave me nightmares, of <laughs> like depression nightmares. Yeah. Like I would wake up screaming if I weren't so damn sad. Yeah. Uh, it was a very man. Yeah, and that's that's even without the allegations. Yeah, like,
3: and I feel bad because I I'm not like a huge Harry Potter person, but I liked the first Fantastic Beast. I thought it was kind of fun, and I you know liked the cast and everything. So, and they have you know additional great people in the cast they have Jude Law this time around and everything and for that to be saddled with him is kind of unfortunate
0: and the whole reason that I liked the first fantastic piece, not that I liked it very much, but what I liked about it and what I think I'll like about this is that each one seems to be taking place in a different location and we get to see, like, okay, here's what the magic world looks like here. Right. And I so think where's this, this one? one? This one's Paris, I believe. Nice. And so it's just like, all right, I like that from, you know, the word's overused, but from a world-building standpoint, like, it's interesting to see the American version, the French version, all that, but I'm sure the story itself will be just kind of whatever.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, let's move on to a movie that I'm actually excited about. Uh, it's called A Private War, um, and it stars Rosamund Pike. That's a big part of why I'm excited. Um, and she, it's a true story of a uh, war correspondent who died in Syria in 2012 named uh, Marie Colvin. And it's directed by Matthew Heineman, who made the quite good documentary Cartel Land a few years back. Um, it also has Jamie Dornan. I don't know anything about him because I haven't seen the Fifty Shades movies or The, the Fall the TV series "The Fall" and that Tarzan sings movie "The Fall," which I also haven't seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but um, based on the, the the story and the pedigree, uh, I'm interested in a private war. It's got I'm Tom in Hollander in it. I like him. There you go. I'm
3: interested too. But something that's kind of weird about it is that there's a competing biopic in development, and the competing one has the approval of Marie Colvin's family, and her family has thrown shade at this one and mm. said it's like completely inaccurate and like they didn't. Con- contact the family at all and just throwing that out
1: I don't there. mean this to be disrespectful, but that does sound intriguing to me. Yeah, you know? no, I mean,
3: it's just like... Sometimes
1: when something has the stamp of approval yeah. of the family, that means it's been
2: neutered a little bit. You know?
3: Yeah. How totally many, valid.
2: Uh, I might be unfairly uh, maligning the crowd, but how many successful transitions have there been from documentary to feature? I feel like more often than not, features aren't that good. Yeah,
1: because the, the first one that comes to mind uh, was um, what's his name? Was it Seth Gordon who made yeah. uh, the King of Kong? And I was right. like, oh, what a great story! This guy could definitely make.
2: Right. And we made like
3: four oh, you mean documentary directors, not yeah, adapting yeah. a documentary? No, okay.
2: Yeah. He made like four Christmases or something, or yeah. something like that. Uh, was uh, he that had him? Horrible bosses, I think. Or, yeah. yeah,
0: Kevin uh, McDonald is hit or miss. I think. From I don't really.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't I'm trying to think if I liked any of his. Non-documentaries, not really. He did
0: one that I liked, but now I can't remember. It was Black what, Sea? It
3: Does it have I to be someone I, who started in documentary and then, or could it be they I weave so. in and out? Okay, yeah, I think started. I, yeah. Okay. I
2: think it has to be a transition from documentary to narrative.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I that's uh,
2: a good question, right? Uh, like, I I liked. There's a lot I like about
0: Last King of Scotland, and then there's actually a lot that I like about Black Sea as well from a cinematic standpoint. Um, it's not insanely dynamic, but I think visually it's interesting. Yeah, I think really that's his, his problem. I think, uh, like, when Kevin McDonald makes narratives, everything feels like a reenactment from a documentary, and it's sort of missing something. <laughs> well, and, the, and that's the thing, is when you look at something like Touching the Void, the reenactment is insanely dynamic. Like, yeah. uh, It makes sense that he would be able to do that, that he would be, be able to make that transition in one way, but without yeah. the form of a documentary, maybe I want to see, the
1: other. He just made the Whitney Houston one yeah. because yeah. I hated last year's Whitney Houston documentary because Nick Broomfield, I've said it before, he makes very good documentaries about serial killers and very, very bad documentaries about <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> um, and those seem to be the two m- modes that he works in. Uh, and so I would like to see a good Whitney Houston documentary. Did either of you see the Kevin McDonald Whitney documentary? I did not. No. My wife saw it. She said it was very good. All right. Um, more Tiffany Haddish, but this time... Unfortunately, it's under the direction of Tyler Perry. Mm. Uh, it's called Nobody's Fool. Yeah, I saw a trailer for that. It uh, does not look uh, like my kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker sings in Here and Now. All right. I don't think it's <laughs> a musical. I think she plays a singer. Yeah, she okay. plays
3: a singer. Yeah. It played Tribeca. Okay.
1: You know? Um... Overlord is a new JJ J. Abrams produced World War II Nazi horror movie.
3: It's Zombie like. Nazi. Uh,
0: yeah, well, it's medical it looks, experiment. It looks okay. A like okay. This film I reviewed on my wall here called Frankenstein's Army a few uh-huh. years ago uh, that I actually and when I saw the trailer for Overlord, it's like I gotta watch Frankenstein's Army <laughs> again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because you and I just had the discussion about. How to, how movies depict Nazis, and it does feel like a weird time to go back to like them being like campy B movie villains right. when yeah. Nazis are like so real right now. But on the other hand, it does seem the the whole premise of it seems like uh, a fun schlocky B movie. Yeah, and releasing in the middle of
2: award season could be very yeah. good kind of programming. Once hear somebody say that the reason Nazis make so such good antagonists in video games, Nazis and zombies actually is that neither are really human. You can feel pretty good about killing them. <laughs> and right. So it's about time somebody combined the two. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, someone
2: already did with Dead
1: Snow. Dead snow and, yeah. uh, Aren't there like three Dead Snows at this point? Or there's I, bl- I believe there's three. Uh, there was
3: a rumor that Overlord, believe it or not, was going to be part of the Cloverfield yeah, universe. J.J. Abrams denied it, which means it's probably true. It's probably
1: true <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: I know how this works now. I'm onto them. Oh, White Russell's in this movie too. Yeah,
1: yeah he's, in the, he's all over the trailer, which I've watched. I don't normally watch trailers, but I was on our (laughs) friend Aaron Newell's podcast, and every time you're on, they do a featured trailer that came out that week, and they talk about it, so I've been on his podcast enough, not having watched the trailer I was supposed to watch, I decided to watch the Overlord trailer, and I'm glad I did. Uh, All right, also on my tentative tiff to see list is Mike Lee's Peterloo, um, which... um,
2: Peterloo... (laughs)
1: It's about a real life massacre. Someone had to. Uh,
2: But somebody had to. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it takes place in 1819. So it's um, Mike Lee going back to the Vera Drake topsy turvy uh, period. World, Old
3: timey times. uh,
1: Which is super exciting for me. And this has like nobody famous in it, which is very intriguing. Very
0: exciting. Yeah. Uh, Everything about this is exciting uh, to me. He's not famous, but Rory Kinnear has been in a number of Yeah, He was in Black Mirror and he's been in the... He's
2: a name. Yeah, but when you you can say he's no Timothy Spall, that kind (laughs) of like puts it on edge, you know? (laughs)
0: Um, The Ballad
1: of Buster Scruggs is the new Coen Brothers movie, formerly formerly a series it,
3: yeah it was uh, originally a mini series but then they condensed it down to a 132 minute movie anthology for, movie too anthology movie for Netflix I'm very into this and yes. it has everyone in the world in it it's like a yeah. weird western and what else exciting. do you need
1: yeah pretty much the hey. uh, the picture the little screen grab here I think is Tim Blake Nelson it I is he, he like,
3: is the titular yeah. Buster Scruggs nice. Okay. Yeah,
1: um, God, they're making another Robin Hood movie, if you can believe it. <laughs> Here's the uh, thing I don't
3: understand, with, is uh, every other year, we get a new King Arthur or Robin Hood, and like, does anyone want this? I don't think anyone wants this, but they keep happening, and they don't do well.
1: Yeah. I keep, and right, it's uh, not like someone needs to hold on
0: to the rights. No. <laughs> well, I was, I, uh... I, I, I watch a fair number of like uh, informative YouTube videos and uh, so after a while they start to uh, suggest, hey you should watch this and there's been one that keeps popping up that I haven't watched yet and it talks about why movies about robin hood and king arthur and other um like public domain stuff uh just doesn't do particularly well i haven't watched that yet but clearly this is something that people are aware of yeah i would say her, we can throw hercules in there as well yeah uh that's not tarzan
1: a is that public domain <laughs> probably yeah because i um, saw that tarzan movie the Legend of Tarzan. As did I, yeah. Which was, it wasn't bad. No, it's perfectly fine. Yeah.
3: And I, look, I see the appeal of public domain is that it's cheaper, but just spend a little more money and then you can make a movie people want.
2: Yeah, that's right. the thing. I like, will say that they showed the trailer for this uh, at the $3 theater and uh, the $3 audience seemed kind of into it. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: who is the director? Uh, Entertainment League doesn't have that information. Uh, yeah. Otto Bathurst. Okay.
2: Bathurst? Uh, <laughs> I don't know has um, Taron
3: Egerton and Jamie Foxx.
2: Yes, and Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah. Jamie um, Fox's Little John is some strange casting. Yep. Next is, up... Is Ben Mendelsohn the sheriff? I, I guess. Yes. I would have yes. to assume <laughs> <of course. laughs> um, so, right?
1: Uh, so, essentially reprising his Rogue One <laughs> role. Um, uh, next up is... Uh, um, uh, Joe Allen Vehicle, the favorite. <laughs> um, everyone's favorite... Uh, uh, new star, Joel Joelle. No, the favorite is the new movie from Yogos Lanthimos, uh, who made The Killing of a Sacred Deer last year, and it stars Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone and Olivia Coleman, and some other people.
2: Pretty stoked, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely excited it's about this. It's
3: about... I forget which queen. I want to say maybe Queen Anne. Um, yes, Queen Anne. But it's about kind of the machinations of her court. But I think he still found a way to make it very weird. Oh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I think that is. I think I saw, like, someone on Twitter was like, so we can assume this is the best picture frontrunner right now. I'm like, why?
2: Oh, yeah, no, that's... Why? Oh, intriguingly, he did not write it. Who did? Uh, some jokers. Tom,
0: by Tom McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah <laughs> Davis and Tony McNamara.
1: Sure. whoever the hell they are. I don't okay. that
2: at all. This, I think this is his first movie that he hasn't written. Then. That'd be
1: hmm. um, okay, uh, this one's definitely on my TIFF to see list. The new film from Hirokazu Koreeda, Shoplifters. Yeah. Which won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, I'm reading. Pumped. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, I like all his movies, except there was one that just came and went that I totally the missed. Murder.
2: The third murder. I, it was okay, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah but I,
1: mean, it, I feel weird, like... You and I had this discussion uh, at Trivia the other night that I didn't know it was even playing, yeah. and then it was like, oh, yeah. that's really Gotta weird. Gotta know tabs. But I, yeah. No, that's the thing. I normally... So I don't pay attention normally into, to stuff like what won the Palm d'Or, <laughs> but I tend to pay attention to what's playing in Los Angeles theaters where I live, and so I don't so understand how I, this how I missed the third murder completely, but I, I, I love uh, Hirokazu Koreeda. And chocolate juice is going to be great. Uh, November 30th, Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, this one had a little bit of a presence at Comic Con this year. Uh, they were giving out posters that looked very cool. And this was a huge, made a huge splash a year ago almost at Fantastic Fest. Oh, wow. Last year. And this is a uh, Scottish. British. Well, okay. this is British. Um, well, Scotland. <laughs> Scotland is part of Britain. I think it's specifically. Scottish.
2: Did you say Scotland is part of
1: Britland? <laughs> uh, I, oh, I hope I didn't. Um,
3: Are they eating haggis? A,
1: no, they're eating brains because this okay. is a Scottish Christmas high school zombie musical. Oh, wow. You're um, just
3: listing nouns at this yeah, point.
1: But it, it is all of these things, and the handful of people that I follow on Twitter who saw it at, Fan- at Fantastic Fest raved about it. So, um, wow. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. It looks like it could be a fun time, and again, some good counter-programming. Um, Japanese animated movie called Mirai. Is that how you say it? M I M I R A I. In a world where the past and present coexist. Oh, like in Titus, uh, a young boy meets his family at various stages of their lives in this Japanese animated fantasy. Sure. That's Julie Taymor's Titus, <laughs> not the sitcom <laughs> starring Christopher. It did take Titus. me a
2: while to get around to thinking what you were talking about, but yeah.
1: Um, let me go. Uh, let me do a quick November. Yeah, November lightning round, and then Julie can do hers, so I should talk closer to the microphone. Um, What are we missing here uh, from November? Uh, Dr. Seuss is the Grinch. Okay. Benedict (laughs) Um,
3: Cumberbatch is voicing the Grinch, which I feel like could be kind of fun.
0: Do they have a narrator?
3: Uh, I don't know. Hmm.
1: The Long Dumb Road. Okay. No
3: idea. It's like I think a, a road trip movie with I want to say Jason Mendoza. Yeah, that's the
1: only reason that it's uh, uh, of any interest
0: to me. Creed Two. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I really liked the first one, and uh,
3: it's directed. But it, I think maybe Stallone was gonna direct it, but then he dropped yeah. out, and now it's like some random other guy. Okay. So you know, there wasn't even a lot of
2: even th- Capel jr.
3: There wasn't a lot of thunder on this one.
1: Uh, that's my lightning round for November. What do you have? Um, Julie.
3: Well, yes, I only have um, a couple more um, bodied, which I know is big at Sundance is an
1: FI, yeah. FI fest. And it plays, I've missed it at every festival because it also <laughs> okay. played the Los Angeles Asian Pacific film festival here. Um, I think it also just played. Um, what's the Montreal um uh, Fantasia. 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 It just played that too. Uh, Yeah, people are into it. Yeah, and Joseph Kahn is a really interesting guy. He's made a lot of really interesting music videos. He also made Torque, uh, which is a movie that I think is a lot of fun. Okay.
0: Um, Okay, well, now I have to tell my story. You've told it so many times. (laughs) Do you guys know the story? Yeah, I think so. Okay, then I'll I'll hold off. Everyone knows it. Um, what else? Um. I like it because it makes you sound dumb. <laughs> no,
1: no, not, no, it makes you sound like I like Torque, which is the correct opinion. Most people like Torque. We've I have seen it.
0: Just not enough people saw it. Well. Yelling stuff out when you think you're alone is just very funny. I, guess I didn't think I was alone. alone. You were actually alone. You were in the other room. I was asleep. (laughs) Okay. I woke up to you saying, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay, I gotta tell the story. Uh, Incidentally, actually, Uh, if we can go back just a bit, I'm sorry. To Overlord? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, uh, you know, what about, uh, you know, zombie Soviets? Like, what's Uh wrong with that? So, Creed two. All right, so I'm looking at this thing. The story is this. Under the tutelage of Rocky Balboa, a newly crowned light heavyweight champion, Adonis Creed, faces off against Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago. <laughs> it took one movie for this to become just another fucking (laughs) Rocky movie. Like, it just...
3: Also, wasn't Rocky dying in the last one?
0: He was was, uh, diagnosed with cancer. That doesn't necessarily mean that uh, he was going to die. But I
3: was just looking up a wiki synopsis the other day, and I think he said he refused chemo.
0: Yeah, at first. You know, I could see uh, Adonis like... (laughs) saying, like, buck up, buddy. Um, There's a sequel coming. Like, I already, the one thing that I didn't like about Creed, it wasn't so much that I didn't like, but the one thing that kept me from absolutely adoring it was that, uh, you know, it's this gritty story, and uh, you have the Felicia Rashad's character saying to Adonis, like, your father died in the ring. And I just wanted someone to be like hey, do you want to know how he died? <laughs> do you want to know the, the, the fight that was going on, the ridiculous fight that was happening that killed your father uh, and caused this grim reality? Um, and so it seemed to be trying to steer away from that. But now by bringing Ivan Drago back and having his, literally it's the fight... It's a fight between
2: the two sons of this
0: ridiculous thing that happened in the 80s. Yeah. And it's just like,
2: ah, uh, I don't know. The reason it's probably more ridiculously rocky is uh, Sylvester Stallone's back as co writer. Mm. Mm. That'll do it. Yep. Yep. Anything else on your November lightning round?
3: Yes, a couple things. Um, There's a movie called, just simply called Girl, which is coming to Netflix, um, which is about a trans ballerina. Very um, controversial movie. It was controversial because they cast a um, cisgender boy as a trans female. However, apparently the casting process was open to anybody. They said anybody of any gender or identity can come audition for this. I don't think that necessarily makes it okay. Yeah, um, I mean, that was... I can see how they were trying to do it right. Right. But, because it was also, they had to find someone who had... Who could dance. Who could dance. So, anyway. It was, it went over well at the festivals, but who knows how it'll land here. And then... um, It landed on my
1: Twitter mostly with derision.
3: Okay. Um, A movie from February just got moved into November. Um, It is the Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg comedy Instant Family. Um, That move is seen as a vote of confidence because it moved kind of right into the Thanksgiving corridor. It's basically the two of them play a couple who um, adopt three kids at once and mayhem ensues um, which could be good or not but the fact that they moved it to November shows that they I think it tested really well. So who knows? I, I
1: know I mean when when Mark Wahlberg is working for me, he works. Yeah. It's been, it's been a while,
3: unfortunately, yeah. I think. Um, Something, Scott, that you mentioned once that kind of stuck with me is that the thing about Mark Wahlberg is that his acting style in comedies and dramas is identical. Uh-huh. And that's why it's so funny in comedies is because he's doing the exact same thing, just but it's funny. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think, you know, he, he can be really funny. So, yeah, and that's it for November for me.
1: All right, let's kick off December with Joe Alwyn vehicle, Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, never gets old, does well,
1: it? Well, it, it doesn't need to because that's the last time okay. uh, this year that we'll be mentioning, uh, or this episode, we'll be mentioning Joe, <laughs> Joe Alwyn's name. Mary Queen of Scots stars Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie. Who um, apparently
3: only have one scene together. Uh,
1: yes, the two never actually met in real life. Yeah. Um Margot Robbie plays Elizabeth I um, and
2: uh, Saoirse, Ronan, Saoirse Ronan plays the
3: titular Mary, Mary, Mary Queen of Scots
2: of <laughs> so I'm hearing this movie is a big lie then if they never met in real life and, uh, yeah yeah. the
1: other thing that's a little I read because um, apparently Saoirse Ronan is doing I mean she's Irish she's doing a Scottish accent yeah. but I guess I read a thing from someone who knows about history like it's unlikely that Mary Queen of Scots had a Scottish accent because she yeah. spent most of her life in
3: France. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so the idea of uh, Mary at this age t- speaking in a heavy brogue is—I uh, mean, maybe she just
3: practiced so hard. And like, are you really going to tell Sir Sharon? No. Right.
2: Especially, if it's a yeah. first-time director. Yeah. Um, and as the moves are written by *The uh, House of Cards* Beau William Willimon. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I'm interested in the cast for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I plan on seeing every Joe Alwyn movie
0: this uh, this fall. I lied <laughs> when well, I said it was the last time. You have you have okay. I mentioned this in the uh, in the movie journal that uh, Halilu Richardson is the official BP it girl, and you have effectively, David, <laughs> just through sheer force of will, <laughs> yeah. you have turned this uh, young man whose name has already escaped me, Joe Alwyn. Joe, what was it? Alwin. A l w y n. You Alwyn. haven't Alwyn. even I was like, mentioned his right. biggest
3: claim to fame which is that he's dating Taylor Swift.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh that's my god. That's why people know who he is, yeah. That is what an it boy does. Uh-huh.
3: So he just solidified his position exactly. in your eyes, yeah.
0: Uh, it seems cre- somehow it seems creepy saying like that's my it boy.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: it feels when you
0: go long. Bradley Cooper on that line, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, deepen my voice for him
1: any day. So Here's a movie that doesn't come out until December 19th, but I'm already kicking myself for going to see Rob Marshall's new movie, <laughs> Mary <laughs> Robbins, Mary Robbins, Mary Poppins return.
3: Okay, here's the thing, is that I saw they were making it, and I got mad, but they anticipated that, and they cast all the most delightful people yeah. who ever lived. It's, Emily uh, Blunt, Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Meryl Streep, and Angela Lansbury? Are you kidding? And
2: Dick Van Dyke. Oh, all right. And Ben Wishaw.
3: Yeah, I mean. Yeah.
2: Colin Firth. Emily oh, Mortimer, did I you mean, say that already?
0: Also, I mean, the Mary Poppins, like, there were multiple books featuring the Caribbean, right? right? So I think it's that, perfectly no, fine to... That's
1: not my problem. Okay. My problem with it is that I don't like Rob Marshall movies. <laughs> yes, oh,
0: that would definitely
1: I, scare me yeah. away. I'm on the record of saying my favorite Rob Marshall movie is Pirates of the Caribbean 4, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is also my second least favorite Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, um, let me get on my flowchart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is an animated Spider-Man movie about multiple Spider-Mans. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm intrigued. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It actually,
3: yeah. it ha- it it's um, Miles Morales, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vo-
2: voiced by Shamik Moore. Is like, he the guy yeah. from Dope? Is that why I know that? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, um, it I don't know. Could be. Peter Parker is also a character voiced by Jake Johnson, which is also interesting. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leah Shriver voices the Kingpin. Nice. Uh, yeah, Shamik Moore is the guy from Dope. Got Haley Steinfeld in there as Gwen Stacy. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. Um, Lily Toblin is Aunt May. Oh, oh, hi.
4: Oh. Hey. This is all right. This is a good
1: cast. Yeah. Wait, who did you say is playing Gwen Stacy? Haley uh, Steinfeld? What a great transition, because the next movie <laughs> on my list is Bumblebee. Ugh. Bumblebee. Uh, uh, but it's the, the live-action debut of Travis Knight. I, guess, I think the it, period it piece be.
3: Transformers. You mean?
1: Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the guy who directed Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, all uh, right. Is
2: making uh, and is the
3: son oh, of the founder of Nike.
2: I didn't know that part. Yep. Um, and, and, it has, and he's the founder in general of like. A, yeah. He didn't just direct a, one of their movies. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um Okay, so uh,
1: yeah, I would say. When I heard they're making a Bumblebee movie, I said, uh, like with the uh, Halloween movie, I said, I'm not going to watch that. But I feel like we just listed a bunch of reasons and some non John Sane
3: is in it, too. Um,
1: yeah. That uh, I might be interested Here's in. Here's the
3: thing. I saw the trailer. Maybe this is just me. It really heavily implies that there is a romantic connection between <laughs> Haley Seinfeld and Bumblebee. You saw that trailer too. Was yeah. I alone there?
2: I honestly don't remember anything except being shocked. It was shot in one eight five and not two three five. That's w- what, what you kind
3: re- of movie we That's here. what you remember. Yes. Not that there is that might very be a solid point to me too. Erotic overtones. Okay,
1: Just because it, I guess. The aspect ratio thing, just because that feels like a choice as opposed right. to just the default, it makes me think, okay, like someone's thinking about uh, how this movie looks. It is
2: usually awkward in the Transformers movies when they try to fit the very tall Transformers <laughs> in frame <laughs> with the humans. You just have like all this landscape going on. So
3: no one else is worried about this romance. Yeah. I'm alone no, here.
2: I, that's, again, another also, selling point. <laughs> also, it's just they didn't do it. Like,
0: I, I know that like that would be way too risky and
3: uh I don't yeah, like I was, even implied though it was sure it was weirding me out I don't know
0: yeah it's I saw the trailer for it as well and it's just I'm, I'm not
3: it's there right there's something <laughs> there sure
0: it's it occurred to me uh, okay. and I thought like wouldn't it be super awesome and then I stopped myself from even continuing that thought because I thought like this isn't going to be that kind of movie <laughs> they're not going to go shape of water with it <laughs> yeah. you know with Bumblebee instead of uh, our friend Doug Jones um mm-hmm. I guess he was playing a part. I should specify that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, I'm pretty skeptical of this one, even though I generally hope for the best for Mimi Letter, but On the Basis of Sex is a Ruth Bader Ginsburg biopic. We've already had one bad movie this year about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> this uh, is about
3: her as a young Yes, this is out. not
1: a documentary
2: like RBG. It's a young hot RBG who fucks. <laughs> 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 Wait, what? Uh, when Young Pope came out, oh. uh, a lot of people started calling it Young Pope who fucks. Um and then okay. <laughs> when Riverdale. Riverdale came out people started calling it young Archie Fox, okay. And so now every young person, you know, right. maybe is just Yeah, a I mean
3: the boy. thing that kind of bums me out about it is that so it stars Felicity Jones and Army Hammer as a Jewish married couple which do with that what you will, but um it was originally going to star Natalie Portman. And now that I know that, I can't unknow that uh-huh. and I feel like that could have been really awesome. So
1: um there's an age difference between Natalie Portman and Felicity Jones, right? Like
3: yeah. Yeah. Significantly.
1: Yeah, um, so...
2: Or wait, no, maybe not so significant. What age wait is she out. playing? Hang on. Oh, watch Get out. Into the bottom of this. BP Research, <laughs> research Nat- Corner. Natalie there. Portman is only three years older than uh, Felicity Jones. Wow. wow. That is shocking. She's to me. been
3: around longer. This is, long. I'm I'm shocked. Shocked. This is yeah. what I
2: always feel like... like but I feel like Felicity Jones' first movie was only like six years ago and then she looked like Natalie Portman in The Professional or something like...
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, I always have that thing like with the second act earlier like Jennifer Lopez and Miley Ventimiglia are pretty close in age yeah. but I've known who Jennifer Lopez was whenever right. oh, Miley yeah. Ventimiglia is like Some is kid. That, yeah he yeah. wasn't Gilmore Girls wasn't that long ago yeah. Yeah. so the, the idea that they're that they're both in their 40s uh, it makes sense but it's still are late 40s um, I think he's early 40s okay but yeah um I, I, I had the initial for the, my, it was my initial reaction to second act too is, is this is she going back to the boy next door is she robbing <laughs> the cradle again is this going to be one
0: of the second in a trilogy alright uh, on the basis of sex okay that's good incidentally I, I one of the things that I find most fascinating about Ruth Bader Ginsburg was her I'm just going to say adorable friendship with Antonin Scalia. <laughs> uh-huh. And I want a movie about that. I, I just want a, an image of them riding that elephant. Uh, <laughs> did you ever see yeah, that? Yeah.
3: A metaphorical one? Or? No, they actually but, okay. like, went
0: on some kind of safari together, and there's an image of the two of them riding an elephant
3: Well, together. maybe yeah. if this movie does well, you'll get a sequel. Yeah, yeah,
2: who is. would you get to play Scalia?
3: At what age, though? What age are we talking about? have to
2: be the young, hot Scalia who fucks.
3: Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I was thinking, like, you'd fast forward, you get an older... Sure. And right. I know, uh, so he's... Uh, Antony Scalia is Italian.
3: Yeah. A little
0: bit. It's, yeah. it's maybe the most Italian <laughs> name
1: you've ever
3: heard.
0: Yeah. I guess his name could be Pope Antonin Scalia. <laughs> but I feel like, because this actor is...
1: Latino, but I feel like Horatio Sands would make a good <laughs> Antonin Scalia.
3: He's skinny now, though. <laughs>
0: he is, that's right.
3: That's I true. forgot. Yeah, yep. he's on glow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. there probably there's there's somebody out there that would be. I mean, just, it's too bad perfect. that James De Gandolfini died for a number of reasons, but he would be yes. very perfect. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. um Who else? Stephen Shrippa. <laughs> who else from the Sopranos <laughs> yeah. world? Right. Just go through the Sopranos. Tony part. Sirico.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Paulie Walnuts in an elephant. Um, <laughs>
0: are you telling me? Just <laughs> like that's how we... um, he. Like oh, these are, these court debates are a lot more interesting now. Uh
1: I had something on for what we were oh, just saying, and now I forget what it, what it was. Uh, oh, yeah, Glow got picked up for a third season. Yeah, yeah. I know that's yeah, what right. we're talking about, but uh, very excited yes. about that. Uh, all right, um, I think we mentioned it before. Maybe that was off mic, um, or maybe that was the movie journal, but uh, James Wan's Aquaman, have we talked about that yet at all? Not we have show. not. Okay.
0: Yeah, um, I saw a trailer for it, and it's, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't understand when people, like, when... They showed the trailer at Comic-Con and be like, oh my gosh, it looks great. It's like, it's Comic-Con.
2: The reception it's, I was hearing at Comic-Con was pretty uh, pretty tepid. The oh fact really? that okay. it's in
3: December is kind of surprising. I think they maybe didn't think it could hold its own as a summer movie, so they're thinking it's maybe a everyone stir-crazy at Christmas-will-get-out-of-the-house yeah.
2: movie. Oh, okay. I mean, it does have Willem Dafoe, Patrick Wilson, Nicole Kidman, Randall Park, and Jimin Hansu. So that's like that's kinda interesting. Yeah, no, I
1: I think I'm more yeah, I haven't I didn't see any of the trailer or footage or whatever. Um but uh I'm interested at yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well we can't waste any more time before we get to Scott's most anticipated movie yeah. of the fall, and that would be Robert's Omega Welcome says, Welcome to his welcome to I mean I'm not not anticipating it. it. It's got your favorite
3: actor
2: in the yeah. lead role um
3: who? Steve Carell <laughs> oh
2: god yeah that's right <laughs> shoot <laughs> I was excited for Zemeckis and then you brought me down uh, well
3: let's focus on the supporting cast it has Janelle Monae so just focus on okay. that um and Leslie Mann and um Gwendolyn Christie um it's an adaptation of a documentary did you see the oh, documentary Merit- I did not see the documentary okay. I did not either um, did but you
1: Marvin Cole
3: yeah it's Marvin Cole it's if I'm recalling this correctly, it's about um, a man who has um, a head trauma, some kind of brain injury, and From while an he's, attack, he was
1: beaten, okay, yeah,
3: and while he's recovering, he makes these really intricate miniature worlds, like these little model worlds. So I think in this movie, in the Zemeckis movie, he like is inside them.
1: I think it goes back and forth. I think it's yeah. a mix of live action and then like mocap type stuff
3: yeah where everyone looks looks really really shiny visually interesting yeah Yeah. I'll
1: see any Zemeckis so yeah Um, I didn't know that about you because I like Zemeckis oh yeah or I'm no I mostly I get so mad at Zemeckis (laughs) because I will always see his movies uh, and most of them find a way to piss me off uh, or audiences find a way to piss me off by not giving Allied the respect it deserved because that's I, mean, I think one of my uh, it was fine as far as recent Zemeckis okay. goes
2: it's, it's I think one of the it wasn't better ones The Walk for sure the I walk never saw amazing. The Walk oh it's so good
0: Incidentally, I was uh, looking up a list of overweight actors, uh, (laughs) looking for someone that could play Antonin Scalia, and I came across Oliver Platt, who I think would do
1: Mm. a great job. Yeah, yeah. All
3: right. Yep. Glad we sold that.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: And then um, Ben is back, starring who?
3: Lucas Hedges. This is Lucas (laughs) Hedges number three, but this movie is written and directed by his dad.
1: Yeah. Who made Pieces of April, which is a pile.
3: Um, but I mean, Lucas Hedges with Julia Roberts starring as his mom it sounds promising, and Courtney promising. B. Vance. And Courtney B. Vance. Um, but basically, he's like some kind of troubled youth who like comes back home for the holidays or something, and they all have to deal with that. I think
1: he's um, he's uh, a drug add- drug addicted youth who had mm-hmm. already uh, who I think is in a treatment center. Because of an overdose, okay. and Julie Roberts' character makes the decision because she wants him with the family for Christmas to check him out before he's supposed to be checked out of the okay. the the thing. So I think that's what. I the mean, it's comes a from. Lucas
3: Hedges-led movie. Like I, yeah, I don't need to know anything else really.
1: Um, all right, next up is uh, a Lebanese film that I don't know how to pronounce. Caprinom, K- Capirnom. Um, uh, yeah, but it was also a. Can jury winner uh, was
3: it for
1: which won the jury prize at Cannes? According to Entertainment Weekly, it won the jury prize at Cannes. Huh? Okay. Because
3: um, I know it was like heavily favored to be the Palm winner for a while, but then it obviously didn't win that.
2: Uh, it won the jury prize.
3: Okay. No, I, I got it right. here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> confirming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has um. quite a premise, which is that a a child born into poverty sues his parents for giving birth to him.
1: Hmm. Go kid.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah.
3: But apparently it's like yeah, really devastating and
0: yeah. now admittedly what does he hope to win? <laughs> he, yeah. His parents, his parents don't have money, right? That's yeah. the whole what's he suing
3: for? Um, maybe like uh, legal independence.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough.
3: I don't know.
1: Um, Okay. Uh, It was directed by a woman who uh, is named Nadine Labaki, and she made a movie many, uh, I would say seven years ago, but many years ago in Battleship Retention terms when we were first reviewing movies on the website. A movie called Where Do We Go Now, Uh, which is a movie about a town in which all all the Muslims and all the Christians hate each other, but the women of the town make everything okay. Odd movie. I think I liked it. I don't remember. <laughs> um, I had to ch- re- go to BattleshipPretension.com <laughs> okay. and look yep. for my review from seven years ago. Uh, Mortal Engines is a movie, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. a stylized steampunk adventure no. about dystopian cities on wheels. No.
3: The thing so. with that is it's based on a, a series of young adult uh, novels. And I feel like this particular type of young adult novel Movie adaptations of them are no longer popular, so I think right now we're just getting the last ones that were it's greenlit. Just, it's just yeah. like it's so they're it's the kind burn, of just like trickling out. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, um, Tyler, you said Ugh, a couple times, don't waste all your Ugh, okay, hang <laughs> Because on. next up is Alita Battle Angel.
0: <laughs> Which one is that?
3: It's the one where they digitally enhance everyone's eyes to be enormous. Not everyone's, it's just hers, okay. I don't know if that's better or worse.
2: It's some oh, very creepy right. Uncanny it's, Valley yeah, shit.
3: it's that James that Cameron.
2: Really uh, produced. Robert,
0: I Oh, right, sorry. Yeah. Um, this is the one that, as I was watching the trailer, I immediately thought somebody had ripped off that uh, graphic novel Clockwork Girl. Uh, done oh, by, by our friend Kevin our friend, Conrad Hinnett. Yeah, that's right. That's weird that you know all of his names. I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, wow, you really just had that at the ready. That's his but, Twitter. Uh, but the story, like, right. as I was watching the trailer, I was like, oh, I guess they adapted this again. <laughs> oh, no, they didn't. There's a different thing.
3: It's based on... And it's, it's
0: based on something. Like,
3: anime? Like, some yeah. anime thing? But like manga. Or manga. manga. But, like, who would be, like, looking at the source material and be like, oh, their eyes are really big, so we should make her eyes really big in this live-action <laughs> movie? Like, I can't get past that.
2: Jackie or O'Haley plays a cyborg. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm really enjoying your,
0: the way you're delivering things right now. <laughs> Just uh, manga. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley plays a
2: cyborg. <laughs> Jennifer Conley's in it.
1: Hey, um, call callback. Uh, you said you wanted to know about my crushworthy cast. Yes. Right? It's a horror movie com- coming out called Bird Box. Yes. Check out how crushworthy this cast is. Oh, it's is. very crushworthy. Sandra Bullock, yep. Travante Rhodes, yep. Sarah Paulson, yep. John Malkovich.
3: Yep. Lil Rel Howery, Danielle ah. McDonald. Keeps going.
1: Yeah, so that looks. Cool.
3: I didn't realize that was a horror movie. I had heard it billed as a post-apocalyptic thriller.
1: It's Entertainment Weekly says post-apocalyptic horror movie.
3: Okay, um, directed and it's by Suzanne, Suzanne Beer. Beer. Yeah, yeah, and it's written by Eric Heiserer, whoever wrote Arrival. Um, but basically, oh man, this is going to be great. Yeah, it's Jackie
2: Weaver's in it. Machine yeah. Gun Kelly's in it.
3: Yeah, but it's a it's a Netflix movie. So again, hopefully, they give it the push it deserves. Um, but it's basically. Um, these criminals like kidnap a woman and her children and blindfold them and take them down a river in this po- post apocalyptic world. I can't wait. Yeah.
0: So, okay. it's not my most anticipated as, movie we, as we talk about like Netflix like really upping their Oscar game, are they going to refrain from putting these movies on Netflix while no. they're in the theater because no. I think that's what's going to hold them up. Like Yeah, I mean, they're, they're never going to gonna
3: do that. They're never going to do it like Amazon like does Amazon it. Did. Yeah. No.
0: Like to me, The way Amazon dealt with Manchester by the Sea is how you do it if you're a streaming company. And uh, I just don't think Netflix has that kind of restraint, so I don't think they're ever going to do anything that is going to get the level of... Mudbound got a little, but not nearly as much as something like Manchester did. I
3: think, honestly, maybe it's... the Putting it in theaters isn't so much so people will see it. It's so that people will know Netflix is serious about it. Right. Because I think that was part of the problem is they're like, if these movies are so good, why are you like burying them? So I think Mm. just putting in the effort to put them out there will maybe help sell people on them. But
2: like, I mean, uh, Mudbound went to theaters, My Road Stories went to theaters, I still feel like people just didn't feel like they were real movies. Yeah. yeah. Beast of No Nation uh, was in a few theaters. Yeah. I mean, that you can chalk up to racism, and it looks very miserable. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
3: That was also, like, their first, their right. very first one. So, I don't know.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, Holmes and Watson, in which uh, Will Ferrell and Not John excited. C. Reilly uh, team up again to play Holmes and Watson. Yeah, definitely yeah. excited yeah. for And that. the female
3: leads are uh, Lauren Lapkus and Rebecca Hall.
2: Nice. Nice. Kelly um, McDonald's in there. Oh,
3: Yeah. I was also wondering, has there ever been, like, a purely comic Sherlock Holmes movie?
2: Yeah. There's uh, The Without Adventures. A clue. Okay, and there's also The okay. Adventures of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother or whatever.
3: Right. The, yeah.
1: Is
2: that Gene Wilder? Yeah. 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 And okay. Ray Fiennes plays Moriarty. Yeah. Hugh Laurie is Mycroft. Ooh, Good I like scene. that. Sold. Uh, and then... Uh, Ooh, Rob Brydon is uh, Inspector
3: Lestrade. There you go.
1: Longtime Will Ferrell collaborator Adam McKay has a, as of uh, publication of Entertainment yeah. Weekly, untitled... Uh, Dick Cheney biopic Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the one that uh, Christian Bale got all doughy for um,
3: and, and did neck workouts. He like specifically bulked up his <laughs> neck. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what if he also like, what if he then didn't like, he never learned his lines. <laughs> he showed up, he was like, I look great, right? And they're like, all right, you're off book. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, it, was, it just goes the Johnny up road. But Amy um, Adams
3: plays his wife yeah. and she's in heavy makeup too. So I'm wondering if she too is gunning for the Oscar because I'm like, I think this is the first time she's made herself look really weird. So. Uh, cool.
1: Sam Rockwell's, in it. Um, yeah. Don't tell Scott, but Steve Carell is in it. Yeah. Scott found out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, Roma. I don't know if that Steve has a Crowell's release date. Down to
2: Rumsfeld, too. Oh my God. <laughs> um, oh, gonna be miserable. Uh, uh,
1: Roma well, thankf- is. Uh, thankfully,
2: uh,
0: Rumsfeld was an oddly, uh, very specific type of charismatic guy. And so I feel like Steve Carell, again, playing into the silliness might actually work. Maybe. Um, maybe.
3: I okay. also feel like it covers a lot of his life, so maybe who knows how much oh, Rumsfeld really? they'll be, yeah. Sam Rockwell
0: as George W. Bush.
1: That's inspired casting. Yeah. He's
0: pretty solid,
1: yeah. Uh, all right, let me go ahead and write the headline now. Alfonso Caron comes back down to earth for, <laughs> with Roma, uh, <laughs> which uh, is a, a 1970s set uh, autobiographical drama. Yeah, super excited. Place In and black nice and white. Yeah. yeah. He,
3: it was kind of funny, because I think he started... He was excited to work with Netflix because he's like, they're letting me do whatever, we, whatever I want. But then he's like, oh, maybe no one will see this. I think it's kind of this like auteur regret cycle that yeah. a lot of them go through. And that because of the whole like Netflix and Can spat, they didn't show it at Can, right. And so he's like, uh, I think they're putting it in some theaters. Please see it. I'm like, ah, you made a deal with the devil. I'm sorry.
1: I don't know, people just need to get over it and yeah. watch the fucking movies on Netflix. Yeah, most of the voters are watching stuff on screeners anyway. Yeah, but it's a mental. I want
2: to see a Koron movie in the theater.
1: Uh, all right, I mean, get a big, get a big TV.
2: You <laughs> 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 shot the damn thing in IMAX. I want to uh, see it yeah. blown up.
1: Yeah. No, I obviously, ideally, yes, but don't, don't not see a good movie. just. Of course, because, I'm still going to yeah. see it no matter what. I'm talking to the fictional right. uh, person here. Uh, all right. Um, Dece- uh, December lightning round under the Silver Lake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, David Robert Mitchell. Did I get it? Those yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You you got so it in right
2: <laughs> order. It looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I w- mean, the snobbier ends of my film Twitter feed have tagged it as out one but dumb and I see what they mean. Okay. Uh, but out one but dumb would still be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. It was moved from June which is... maybe a vote of confidence. That that was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the reception at, was it Cannes? Yeah, it wasn't over It was kind of tepid, and then they immediately moved it to December. I don't know. I think, I like Andrew Garfield a lot. I feel like people don't like him anymore. I like
2: David Robert Mitchell a lot. Yeah. Uh, You've also
1: had Cold Wars, a new movie from Pavel, Pavlikovsky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ida was awesome, so I'm very excited. And uh, you've got the movie that I'm terrified to see, uh, The House that Jack Built. Dreck my trier. All of his movies terrify me. I only just got around to Nymphomaniac. I had to uh, talk myself down. Uh,
2: um, so uh, yeah. But, but they're but, never as like extreme as like the can audience makes them out to be.
3: Right. Know? I mean, I read descriptions of this. this I, know, but seems I read I descriptions of Nymphomaniac too, and then I saw I was like, All right. <laughs> I mean the things they were described, they seem to be like descriptions of literal things.
2: I know, but it's like it's always much less of the movie than they have oh, to be. Okay. And, yeah, just, like... Yeah, it's not a Serbian film,
3: I guess. The one thing I will say about that is I think Lars von Trier had the best tweet of the entire popular film Oscar debacle, where he... Somebody tweeted, like, uh, films will be eligible in both, like, best picture and popular film category, and Lars von Trier said, Matt Dillon, let's get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny.
1: (laughs) Um, Uh, What do you you have Anything in the December lightning round
3: Yes um, Destroyer uh, Karen Kusama's new movie um, Nicole Kidman Plays a cop Returning to a cult She investigated Nice Um, She's wearing a dark wig So you know She's serious Uh I think that was maybe um, there is a movie coming out. It's a documentary about a group of male strippers in New Jersey, and it's called this one's for the ladies.
1: Oh, I can't wait.
3: Yeah. Um, I also have a few that um, do not have dates yet, but will either definitely or probably be this year. One is Climax, the new Gaspar Noe yeah, I'm really movie.
4: Yeah,
3: this. Um, yeah, it's basically a group of dancers gather for a rehearsal, and then someone spikes the sangria with, is it LSD? I can't remember. It's a drug, and they all go insane. Uh, it played at Cannes, got a really good reception, and he was shocked. He was like, I've never had people like my movies before. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> and you it's just, also
2: only like 96 minutes, which is very yeah. intriguing for him. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, so that's A24. Another A24 movie is Slice, which is a horror comedy about pizza right. delivery Boys starring Chance the Rapper because right. why not
1: Tyler doesn't know
0: who that is
3: I mean his job <laughs> I, description I is in his to, name I might be able
0: to piece some things together <laughs>
3: yeah like his profession his
0: name Mm-hmm. and I would say what he does or at least what he aspires to do yeah
3: yeah So there you go. That's all you need to know. Um, Also, the movie The Upside, um, which is a remake of the French movie The Untouchables, um, it was originally set up at the Weinstein Company until it wasn't. um, But STX... What happened? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'll tell you off mic. It was just bought by STX, which I think it's already sat out one award cycle. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to... Rush it in, but it stars Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Brian Cranston being a paraplegic, and then Kevin Hart is his caretaker. And wouldn't you believe it, they become friends.
1: I'll have to see it to believe it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this year. Who knows?
1: Is that the list?
3: Um, I believe it is.
1: You guys you did it. You two did and, it. and a half hours. Oh, this was great. This was a ton of fun, as always. I'm always excited about fall movie season doing this makes me more excited even though I think there were a ton of movies on that li- on this list that didn't excite me this year. Um, but, but there are
3: enough that are. There yes, will. there's a lot of good
1: stuff well, and there will probably be even more that we don't
0: even know about yet.
3: Yeah, because the festivals are happening and yeah. some stuff will get bought and released. And, you know. and
0: I am I don't mean to reduce fall movie season only to awards stuff, but every year there are movies that now they may not actually go on to win the awards, but uh, there are movies that are like, oh, that's going to be a contender. That's going to be a contender. Aside from some performances here and there, like, uh, like there weren't a lot of movies that were brought up that struck me as like big like Oscar contenders. Like there, there are some that seem like they could be, but then the the style of the director that we know about like well that probably will preclude that from happening and so I'm really interested to see what award season is going to look like because yeah. hey guys you know draft season's right around yeah. the corner I um, think
3: Toronto tends to clarify a lot of sure. things I think after Toronto was when people latched on to spotlight it was when people um, latched on to moonlight um, so I think you know, a lot of these movies no one has seen yet, so they yeah. just don't know.
1: Let me. Here's some stuff that I'm hoping to see at, at, at Toronto that was on the list: new Asgard for Hadi movie, mm-hmm. uh, a new Thomas Vinterberg movie called Kursk. It's about a submarine. I think yeah. nice. I, I love
0: submarine movies. You got to start. Um, up the, you got to start up this article series. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. A uh, new Sebastian Lelio movie, which is the English language version of Gloria. Yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah. dated for next year. Yeah, it's uh, next oh, it did already. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and what? Oh, new uh, Jafar Panahi, Three Faces, um, and a new Alex Ross Perry. Uh, I'm yeah. not saying the name of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that won't come out this year, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's just. Uh, more fun stuff on the horizon at least sure yeah all right uh thanks to you guys for being here
3: yeah thanks or for having us
1: you guys at home uh you can find our oh, i don't know if you're at oh. home you can be listening to, I, <laughs> uh, i'm not at home when i'm listening to podcasts most of the time that's the place i listen to podcasts the least except for while i'm cooking but yeah. uh yeah uh mostly driving or walking or at work so you guys are caught up on me. Uh, at Battleshipretention com is where you can find all sorts of stuff, all of the other uh, articles we write, and the movie podcast, and all of the movie reviews, including movie reviews of most of the things we just mentioned uh, over the next few months, um, including. Uh, uh, I want to run on sentence I've used including twice uh, my TIFF reviews uh, in just a couple of weeks so that's at com. you can email us at David at com or Tyler at com. you can follow us on Twitter at Davey pretension or at Tyler pretension. Um your other podcast is called
0: More Than One Lesson yes but uh, I have not put out an episode last week or this week uh, I'm, I think I'm going to as my, as the school year starts, uh, and I'm building, uh, my curriculum for the class that I'm teaching. Um, I think, I, I don't think I'm going to be putting out a weekly episode of more than one lesson, but I'm, I may try to like record a bunch and then bank them so that I can do that. Uh, but yeah, so next week we should have something, but uh, nothing at the moment.
1: So that's us. Uh, Julie, where do people find you uh, on the internet? Um,
3: I'm kind of a lurker, yeah. but I am the editor of the American Cinematheque blog. That's moviesonthebigscreen.blogspot.com. Scott writes for it.
2: Writing an article on Antonioni next month. Yep. Very exciting. And Pro or con. It's more of an exploration. Mm. Okay.
3: Um, In Aventura, perhaps.
2: (laughs) You're such a politician, you know? Yeah.
3: Um, I also, if you're interested in a subscription to Variety Insight, it's an entertainment database that helps keep you on the cutting edge of things in development. Um, Tell them Julie sent you, they might give you a discount.
2: Yeah. You'll know all this stuff that, uh, yeah. uh, that Julie knew. Yeah. Uh, Scott, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow, at the aforementioned American Cinematheque blog, uh, at Criterion Cast, where we keep trying to record an uh, episode on Persona but keep getting waylaid by it. Uh, and of course, com, where I'm trying to post more quick takes, quick <laughs> articles <laughs> that are easy to write and easy to read.
1: Yeah, they've been quick fun. Quick takes. <laughs> <laughs> TM. Uh, bad and Panic. All right. Um, Thank you at home. Thank you guys again for being here. This was a blast as I knew it would be. Thank you at home for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.